Hello, 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 everyone out there. Guys, it is the two-year anniversary episode. Um, Guys, because it's the two-year anniversary episode, I wanted to bring back um, literally our best, best listened to podcast episode, which was episode 25 um, with my dear friend um, from grade school, really, honestly, actually kindergarten, James LaRusso, who uh, shared his story as a gay porn star actor as Tommy Defendi. Um, It had the most listened. It had the most engagement on YouTube. This episode is iconic. Um, I'm just so happy that James um, shared his story, you know, um, allowed like he basically chose my platform to share his story on. Um, So I'm really, really touched. And I was just really grateful and thankful um, because I really felt like it blossomed me also as a as an interviewer when I had guests on the show like that still was very I was still very green to doing it so having him on the show and having him share his like such a beautifully deep um, he was so transparent he was so vulnerable you know it was truly beautiful and I'm forever grateful and of course, you know, Tommy Defendi, you know, the name, the legend itself, James had a following. He had a pretty big following because he did it for some time. And so, yeah, that one got the most traction. And for our two-year anniversary episode, I wanted to uh, reprise this episode because um, it just is, it really did honestly inspire me to keep going. I think this time, around this time, I kind of almost was like, man, should I keep doing this? Like, you know, this was also pre, pre-co-host obviously pre-co-host Becky. So I was still doing these solo episodes. So honestly, um, I'm very grateful to have my tribe now because I feel like it's kind of blossoming and curating into a beautiful, like bigger entity um, than I can even imagine. So um, I'm using this month um, to kind of just like bring back some episodes that really honestly just kind of set the precedent for the show for Kimboology as a whole. So, and James was a big part of that. So again, James, uh, if you're out there listening, I hope you are. I honestly am so, 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 so touched that you um, still to this day chose my platform to share your story on. And I'm very for- forever grateful. And may your story, you know, uh, inspire others. Um, you really honestly did um, open a lot of people's eyes with this episode. So thank you again. Um, so, yeah, without further ado, guys, I'm going to go ahead and uh, start the show with the episode the reprise episode of episode 25 which is Tommy Defendi My Life as a Gay Porn Star featuring James LaRusso Hello, hello, hello everyone welcome back to another episode of Kimboology it's episode 25. You guys ready? Yisip uh, ha. That is 25 in Thai. Yisip ha. Or Binti Cinco. Binti Cinco. That's, um, God, I hope I'm saying that right. Binti Cinco, right? Yeah, in Spanish. Um, Binti Cinco, yeah. Welcome back, guys. Um, thanks again for tuning in. Uh, you ready for the bullshit, y'all? This week's episode's fucking amazing. I'm just letting you guys know. 
uh, really unique. I'm really, really excited about our guest. Uh, he's joining us later on the show. Um, believe it or not, the story is amazing. Uh, what, who I'm interviewing later, his name is James LaRusso. He actually uh, had a stage name. Called, his name was Tommy Defendi. Believe it or not, he was a gay porn star. Yes. And guess what, guys? I went to high school with him. Yeah. Super cool guy. Um, has a really, really amazing, unique story. Uh, he, was in a, he was a sex worker in the sex industry for eight years. Uh, he's out now. Um, he, had, he battled a lot of you know, struggles with drug, uh, drug and alcohol abuse. He is now living a sober, clean life. He's going on five years plus right now. So shout out to him. He's joining us later in the show. Um, but his story is super amazing and unique. And I can't wait to share it with you guys. I can't wait for him to share it with you guys. Uh, but yeah, he was a gay porn star, but he is actually not gay. Yes, he's married to a woman and he will share his story later. And it is so amazing. You guys are going to fucking love it. Um, so yeah, I'm super excited. Um, let me do my AKs though, guys. You guys, you guys love my AKs, don't you? Don't you? Don't you? Uh, it's Kimbo here, aka the Blasian Sensation, aka the Traveling Chafing Queen, aka Kimbolina, aka Daughter of Pudgeonat, aka Slayer of Poles, aka Mother of Georgie, aka Sexy Stir Fry, aka Captain Planet, she's a hero, gonna take pollution down to zero, aka Miss Pussy Control, aka the Hustlin' Hussy, aka twerking on your daddy's couch, aka yes, my middle name is spelled wrong, aka Kimbo of all trades, cause I can do it all, aka the nomadic nympho. Oh my God, guys, I'm working on a Nomadic Nympho uh, merch t-shirt. Um, I'm designing it right now. I hope you guys are ready. Um, I also have, I've, I actually have some merch. Like I have my uh, Meditate, Masturbate, Medicate shirts. Um, I don't have a ton in. Um, I'm really honestly just kind of like gifting it to like my brand ambassadors and my like guests. Um, but I'm going to get some soon. So holla at me if you guys want some merch. Uh, I'm going to have like Meditate, Masturbate, Medicate shirts um, and like the Kimboology um, logo ones too soon, hopefully. Um, I'm working on, I'm getting lighters done, more stickers, patches. So yeah, I'm going to slowly but surely update the website and have the merch on there soon once I get my life together. So be patient with me, guys. Also, I'm still a, you know, brand new chicken. You know, this is just 25 episodes in. But you know what? We have a long way to go. I, you know, I'm going to keep doing this. I enjoy this. Um, so, yeah, guys, uh, keep a lookout for that. But I don't want to talk too long um, because I do want to get to the meat and the juiciness when it comes to the interview later. So let's get Let's dive right into it. Let's dive into sexy sustainability. Um, so yeah, sexy sustainability this week, guys. I just wanted to talk about this. Uh, one of my coworkers, she's um, she like graduated with like a environmental um, degree, like, and she was working with like the national um, national parks. And she was telling me that she was working with the national parks and like the the, the pro this program to install these brushes for your hiking boots. Um, so guys, if you guys are hikers or you know like to hike or familiar with it. Um, you know, us hikers that hike all over the world, we have the same hiking boots that we kind of like take with us, travel, and we hike to different national parks and different parts of the world. I know for my, I know for a fact when I was backpacking all over the world, my hiking boots were my babies. 
I took them hoes everywhere. I was hiking in Asia, in Australia, in Europe, like all over the fucking goddamn place. So, uh, but with that being said, you know, my hiking boots had different like, you know, organisms and seeds and things like that from different parts of the world. So she told me that like that some of those, you know, say, for example, you have like seeds or stuff like on your boots from like Asia and then you're going to be hiking in the national parks in America and you're going to be walking into that, you know, into the, you know, whatever the woods and shit or whatever. And you're going to be like dropping seeds from other parts of the world. So like some of those can be harmful to the place, um, depending on, you know, where you're going and, um, just something that we just don't think about, you know what I mean? Like our car, our footprints as human beings, um, isn't always, you know, it's damaging, you know, like for example, like when I was, um, snorkeling, um, and diving in the Great Barrier Reef in Australia, the Great Barrier Reef is like fucking decimated, like humans, like, cause you know, we go and like, it's like a super popular tourist attraction. Obviously hella bitches go there, hella people go there. Um, but yeah, but when we go there, we're like fucking touching the coral. We have oils and chemicals and sunscreen on our body. So we're diving in. So literally the coral's like fucking dead. You know what I mean? Like it's not as bustling and beautiful as it used to be. And I physically saw it with my own eyes. And I was like, fuck, dude, we are fucking fucking up this shit. Humans are human humaning everywhere and we're fucking fucking shit up. So um so she yeah, she she told me she was working with a program to put like brushes in the entrance before the trail so you can wipe your like boots off. Um, and I thought that was really cool. So yeah, I don't exactly know the program or anything like that, but I just thought I'd just talk about it. Cause I thought that was actually like really interesting. And, um, and if for people out there listening, um, shout out to y'all. Yeah. If you are hikers like me, um, wash your boots, you know, like if, you know, once you go for a hike, um, take them home, rinse them off, wash them. That way you're not tracking other harmful you know, whatever have you, um, things into different parts of the world, you know? So like, you know, you just never know what, what's on your hiking boots. Um, and you don't want to like, you know, bring harmful, you know, envi- like harmful things into like different parts of the, you know, environment. So yeah, so that's it. That's, I just want to talk about that. So that's sexy sustainability. Um, I did want to dive into the recycling of the news. I just had a few things I wanted to shout out. I know it is no longer Black History Month, but I fucking forgot to shout out this amazing fucking woman last um, last week when it was Black History Month. But fuck that shit. Black History Month is fucking 28 days. That's bullshit. It's the shortest month of the year. We gonna extend that bitch. It's still fucking Black History Month in, in, in Kimboadjali. I can't fucking speak. You guys, I'm high. Sorry. I don't have to tell you guys. Um, I'm high boots. Uh, smoked a little bit of mimosa. It's a strain. Um, it's delicious. But yeah, I'm high as fuck. So yeah. I can't talk per the huge. Um, yeah. So, um, I didn't shout her out, but it's black history month all day in this bitch. So her name is Ruth E. Carter. She is a amazing and talented costume designer. She has gotten her star on the Hollywood walk of fame and it is fucking like, she deserves it. She deserves my home sis deserves. Um, she was the fucking costume designer behind black Panther yeah, yeah, all right, amazing. I mean, how much fucking did you love the fucking costume design in Black Panther? I know everyone fucking did. Show me a bitch that don't like the, you know, the costumes in Black Panther. Show me. None of y'all exist, exactly. Um, 
She also won an Academy Award for Best Costume Design. So shout out to her. I look up to her like crazy because, you know, I don't know if you guys knew, know, but I want at one point in my life, I wanted to be a fashion designer. Like I went to school for fashion design, uh, private art school, still old in money. Are they going to get it? Hell no. Um, yeah. And so uh, costume design and like I love looking at costume design in movies and things like that. So like super, super awesome. Like I, I look up to her because she's a black um, woman that's been out here in the game. You know, she's done multiple different movies too. Uh, I think she did Coming to America as well. Like she's fucking so talented. And like for Black Panther, she actually went to like parts of Africa and like studied different tri- tribes and like got firsthand inspiration. So I like kind of looked into that. I was like so, so inspired by her. Um, so shout out to her. I just want to give her her, um, give her her bread or not her bread. I don't got no money for her. Give her her credit. Um, and I did, um, want to talk about the Golden Globes as, as well. Um, because shout out to the, you know, Golden Globes, you know, us blacks have won some shit finally. Um, shout out to Andra Day. She was the winner of the actress in the drama motion picture. Bitch, it's been 35 motherfucking years since a black woman has won. The last woman that won was Whoopi motherfucking Goldberg, and that was for The Color Purple, and that was 35 fucking years ago in this, in this um, category. So it's a fucking problem, because you're trying to tell me that they didn't know fucking um, black actresses worthy of winner of the actress in the drama motion picture for fucking 35 years? You got me fucked up. Oh, but you know why? That's due to, uh, this is what I've heard, the Golden Globes, um, the people that you know judge the Golden Globes, I forgot what they're fucking called, what their name is. Um, they're not called the Academy, is it? Isn't that for the different, isn't that for the different one? The Oscars? I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. But all the people that judge for the Golden Globes and pick the people that win are all white. They are a fucking full range of white people. Ain't no color in there. And that's, that explains why I May Destroy You was fucking, um, you know, they got, they were left out of the nominees because everybody in this bitch knows I May Destroy You deserved her fuck, she, Michaela Cole deserved her fucking credit when it comes, at least a nomination. Come on now. Um, if you guys don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, I did a whole episode um, with Becky Campos and we reviewed um, I, May, I May Destroy You. Listen back at it. It's, um, the episode's called I May Destroy That Ass. It's really good. And then watch that on HBO Max. It's fucking phenomenal. I May Destroy You is an amazing, amazing show. Um, but yeah, I was snubbed. She didn't get her credit. So it's really disappointing. But then when I found out that everybody that's on the board there is fucking white, I'm like, huh, well, that explains it. But yeah. So anyways, um, we did win some awards, which was nice. Uh, Soul won um, animated, Best Animated Feature. Daniel Kalula, uh, Kaluuya, I'm sorry, Daniel Kaluuya won uh, Best Supporting Actress in a mo- Best Supporting Actor in a Motion Picture. Um, for the, fuck, what's it called? The Messiah movie. It's like the Black Panther movie. I actually started watching it. I had to finish it. Um, yeah, so he won. Chadwick Boseman won for actor in a drama motion picture. You guys, I fucking cried. I, like, his wife, like, accepted the award, and it was so beautiful. It was so, so, so beautiful. I was like, mm, oh, my gosh. So, shout out to them. Um, you know, rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. Like, you are literally a legend in my eyes, okay? Um, John Boyega, once uh, Best supporter, uh, Supporting Actor in a Series. 
uh, also, um, shout out to Chloe Zhao, who was in the the first Asian woman director to win in a motion picture. Shout out to her. It might actually be the first Asian in general to win best director. I might be wrong there. It might be just best one woman director, but shout out to her. She won for no man land, which I haven't watched yet, but it's on my list. I need to watch that. Um, motherfucking Borat one, which shocked the fuck out of me. Borat won a couple. It was like best, it was best comedy motion picture. And I think it was something else too. I forgot what else Borat won, but, um, shout out to Sasha Baron Cohen. Uh, I hope I'm saying his name right. Uh, you know, he's, he plays Borat. And if you guys didn't watch the second Borat, it's called Borat, a subsequent film or something like that. Hilarious. It's on Amazon prime watch it. When I tell you the woman that plays his daughter is a fucking star. She cracked me the fuck up the entire time. She was amazing. And the shit that they got away with in that movie, incredible, incredible. So shout out to him. I was really surprised that he won. Cause I was like, mm, they ain't gonna give it to him. They ain't gonna give it to him. Like Borat was like, you know, cause Borat, you know, it's Borat. So, but the second movie was like hella woke. It fucking shout, it, it shout, shone a light on, like the shit that went down with like, you know, the fucking Trump supporters and like, you know, people that, you know, go to their rallies and shit, which obviously I'm not there. So I don't know what the fuck's going on there. I don't see that shit. So it was nice to see that from that perspective. Um, Cause it kind of, sh- it showed more light on how fucking crazy they are. So yeah, it was really good. It was really good. So go watch Borat. Um, also shout out to the, uh, the movie, the trial of a Chicago seven, um, that one best spring, uh, screenplay. And that was also another movie that Sh- Sasha Baron Cohen was, Cohen was in. Um, and also I have a few, I have a bunch of friends that were in that too. They did some extra work. And then my one home girl, um, she actually, uh, got like a speaking gig, like a speaking role in it too. So shout out to her. Um, yeah. So it was really, really good. It was good. Um, Actually, I still have to watch the movie, though. I know. I'm, I'm a fucking hypocrite. I haven't watched it yet. Um, you guys, there's so much fucking shit I got to watch. It's just, it's just exhausting. I can't. I literally can't. I have to catch up on so much shit. Um, so, yeah, shout out to that. Um, I thought that was really dope. Also, Jane Fonda is woke as fuck. Uh, news to me. I mean, I'm 31, so I know Jane Fonda is, like, older, and she had a whole, like... They, like, they gave her, like, this award and gave her all her credits because... She, she has a huge, um, career. Like she's been fucking acting her own, like for fucking ages. And apparently she's woke as fuck. She started the whole Jane Fonda movement to like the, the whole like working out thing to like, you know, help with, I don't know, inequality and shit like that. She's like a woke ass bitch. Like she's like, and she called out the Academy cause she won, you know, she, they gave her her, like they gave her this like, you know, award. They're like, kind of like, just like, sh- uh, spotlighting her and stuff and like she called out them for being white she called out them for missing out on like i may destroy you like she's woke i'm like shout out to you old white lady i did not know how woke she was so that was news to me um so that was kind of cute cute for her um i'm now going to support her even more even though i i mean i didn't have anything against her i just didn't know that she was you know so woke so i was like all right cool um, like she's like an activist and shit. Like she, like she, like she does her thing. I was like, all right, girl, you know, I'm not mad at it. Um, what else? Oh, so Texas is, um, fully canceled in my, in my eyes. I mean, dude, Texas has decided that 
they're completely dis- like they're getting rid of the whole mask mandate. They're just going to be walling out, no masks, uh, COVID city boots down there. Apparently, like, um, didn't y'all just fucking not have like? Didn't y'all go through a whole winter fucking storm and like, y'all fucking senator, what's his name? Um, Ted Cruz or whatever his ass was fucking on a flight to go to Mexico and shit when his ass should have been taking care of his people in Texas because they were going through like a winter storm and they're not prepared for that shit. Like some of them like didn't have power. People froze to death and shit. You guys, Texas is fully becoming Florida in my eyes. I mean, Florida has been canceled in my eyes for a long time. I mean, them niggas down there are getting high off bath salts and eating each other's like zombies and shit. I mean, there's Trump supporters' boots down there. I mean, there's, like, Cubans for, like, there's, like, a fucking, you know, there's mad Cuban people out there, but they all support Trump and shit. I don't fucking know. I'm like, you know what? Cancel Florida. I've never liked Florida any the fuck way. Um, But now I'm over here, like, cancel Texas. (laughs) Like, Texas is wildin', yo. Like, I mean, Texas is huge. I've actually been to, like, Houston and San Antonio. It was a cute, cute state. Um, I loved all the Southern, like, hospitality. Like, when I went down there, all the men were like, Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I was like, Zaddy. I thought they were all hitting on me. And my, my, people were like, girl, that's just how they are. Nobody's hitting on you. Nobody wants you. Okay. All right. They're just being polite. I know you're not used to that in Chicago because, you know, up north in Chicago, people are, chivalry is dead. You know, men are like not, they ain't about to say yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. So, um, yeah, but Texas, I don't know, guys, we're not ready to get rid of masks, you know, like, not everybody's vaccinated. I'm not vaccinated. And this shit is still out here. Like, what are y'all doing? Whatever. I mean, they're deciding to run their own fucking shit. Whatever. I mean, whatever. Texas, do your thing. I'm not going to Texas because that's, yeah. I'm, I still need people to wear masks. I still need people to social distance. You know, this, shit ain't, this shit's not over, you guys. I know we want this shit to be over like so hard because I do too um but yeah we're not there yet fucking wear your mask like chill what the fuck so yeah that's just a little bit of that um I'm done talking because I really want us to get to the point when it comes to interviewing James so thanks for listening into this we're gonna take a quick break and we will be right back with our guests James LaRusso aka Tommy Defendi we'll be back and we, and we will be right back after, after these detailed messages. Today's episode of the Kimboology podcast is brought to you by Faith and Flower. Faith and Flower's spiritual bath teas will align your chakras from your root to your crown. Whether you're medicating, masturbating, or meditating, you can use Faith and Flower to elevate your bath and self-care rituals. Kimbalology listeners receive 15% off their first purchase at shopfaithandflower.com. Use code Kimbo at checkout. We have a guest. I'm fucking so stoked about this. This is just such a unique episode because the guest and I have a really long history. <laughs> um, and it's just very kind of unique how it went about. But uh, he's got an amazing, amazing story to share with us. So I'm really, really, really fucking excited. Uh, guest, why don't you introduce yourself? What's up, guys? My name's James LaRusso. And Kimbo's my my high school homie, my middle school homie, my elementary school homie. Bro, I was <laughs> to say, you better, you better call out kindergarten now, because you know me <laughs> kindergarten together. <laughs> you guys. Oh, shit, it's like a reunion. 
I, seriously, seriously. You guys, this is James LaRusso. Uh, we actually have a history because we went to elementary school, middle school, high school together. Um, and then we just like recently were like rekindled on like, you know, had a reunion type of thing on like social media. And we both have just kind of caught up. It was really, really nice. Like we kind of had a Zoom the other day and you know, he reached out to me because, you know, um, you know, I'm a huge, I'm huge, huge, huge on supporting sex workers. And uh, he kind of reached out and noticed that I did that episode when it came with Fierce. Um, shout out to you, Fierce. Uh, and so he was like, yeah, I want to go on. I want to go on the show. So like you guys, straight off the bat, James was a fucking porn star, you guys. I mean, he was the it boy. Uh, <laughs> Especially yes. at the high school after the year after I graduated. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> You guys, it was, you know how everybody has that story in high school, like, did you hear so-and-so, blah, 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 like, you know, like, you kind of, like, hear through the grapevine of, like, where people kind of ended up, um, and, like, I think, like, in our class, James was the biggest story, because he went into gay porn, I was just, like, it was just, like, a big shock to everybody, but super intriguing, his story's fucking cool, and I can't wait to, like, dive deeper in, but James, yeah, I want you to, like, introduce yourself, Tell us why you're on the show. Um, say hi to the people. They're really eager to hear from you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first off, thank you for having me. Uh, I'm super psyched uh, just for what you're creating. And I love being a part of this. And, and just like my whole thing in the world right now is like educating people and learning. I mean, I'm not just like sitting here from like a like a teacher's uh, mountaintop, you know, like I really love <laughs> to learn. But that's this is how I learn. You know what I mean? This is how I like, like I love communicating on this. So, I mean, I'm really here. I mean, my life has changed a lot since the sex industry. I'm out of the sex industry now. Um, you know, I got sober six years ago. Uh, drugs and alcohol are a huge part of my story, which we'll dive into. But really, and I, I've committed my life to, to transformational work and supporting others. Um, really working on uh, some really big projects that we'll dive into too. But my big thing is turning pain into purpose because a lot of the shit that we're going to talk about today and unfold uh, by my experience, like even prior to to getting into the business was like, I had a lot of pain in my life and I didn't know how to process a lot of that shit. And so a lot of that, a lot of stuff that I did was like a, uh, a way to, um, alleviate, you know, or find like relief. And it was always temporary and it never really worked very well. And so that's what I'm excited to like dive into today. Cause I think it happens in a lot of different ways in people's lives. And the, my, my way was just very like, in your face, <laughs> you know, like oh, people yeah. saw oh, it, you yeah. know, not like a subtle, like I'm a hermit, you know, like I was just <laughs> like that, like I dealt with pain in, in, in a different way than most people did. And so, um, so I'm excited to talk about that. I'm hoping like my whole intention of being on the show is like, if one person relates to my story and it doesn't have to be with porn or drugs or any of that stuff. Um, but if one person can relate to how I feel and what I went through, I feel like like my, my job here, if you will, is, is, is done, you know? So that's really my intention coming in today's episode. I'm super excited to be here. So. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, guys. I mean, James has lived, I mean, we're in our thirties, you know, like, so we have a long life to live, you know, going forward, God willing, you know, no, you know, knock on wood type of shit. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, um, James has a very unique story because, got getting out of high school um instead of like doing the whole whatever the traditional way of fucking after high school going to college and you know spending thousands of dollars on a degree you don't fucking use because that's me right there um he kind of like he his his journey took him on a road where it was just really something that 
a lot of people didn't expect. Um, and I'm, you know, his journey is really unique to him, but I'm sure it can relate, like he said, to everybody. Um, but yeah, I mean, like he said, he's completely open and like he'll share whatever. So I'm really, really excited because obviously you guys want to hear. I mean, like he's great because like right now he's living a sober life and has like a huge, you know, huge success. You've been sober, what, like five years now? James? Yeah, it was five years in October. Yeah. Five so, fucking years. Coming up That's- on six going on six that's amazing you know like I you know my partner he's sober right now he's on two going on three so I hope that you know he can relate as well and just all everybody else that has a similar story but uh first things first um can you tell us like how that happened like how why gay porn like how did you get into porn but why specifically like the gay porn? yeah well I guess and we should you... preface that I'm not gay so right yeah I want to yeah that's a thing I want to talk because you guys James is, has a wife like yeah. married with a woman, like it is something that is just so interesting to me. Um, but yeah, why that? And then also, if you could, did you want to share your hand, like your name, like your stage name? Oh yeah, I don't care. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so I mean, I'll give you guys, you know, as much detail without you guys falling asleep on me. Um, <laughs> we want the juice. The, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll hit the key points, you know. Um, <laughs> But I mean, yeah, so like I got out of high school, right? And I like, I took off, you know, like I, I, I left, you know, Chicago. I haven't even lived in Chicago since then, really. You know, I, I just kind of blew that popsicle stand, you know what I mean? Because I was at a point where like I had beef with my dad. I had beef with my stepdad. My mom and I were like butting heads, you know, because I lost my grandma when I was young and she was like the rock in my family. And that's kind of where I started taking my like hard like my hard turn in high school when my grandma, when my grandma died. Um, and, and I just like, I just started hanging out with like, I was hanging out with cool people. They weren't bad people, but like, they were different than me. They would drink on like the weekends. And then as soon as I found like drinking, it was like, okay, this is cool. And I like this because I feel better. And I, and I, it's, it's like a social lubricant at first, but then it was like, man, like I found relief from all the shit going on at home and like mm-hmm. all the shit or all the shit that wasn't going on at home that I did want to be going on, you know? Um, and I was an only child. So I was like the homies and the friends were like it for me. You know what I mean? Like James, that was, you're an only child. Yeah. I don't know why I thought you had siblings. Probably cause you thought like Rogers was my real brother or something. <laughs> well, I mean like, wow. Well, cause I mean like, you know, we've known each other since we were kids. We were in like orchestra together and shit. Like, Oh yeah. If, if I, I don't know why I thought down you on the violin. Like, yeah. I, yeah. I play the violin. Yeah. You play the violin too, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. We both play the violin. Oh, keep, sorry. I interrupted. Go on. Keep talking. No, you're cool. You're cool. Um, no. So like, I mean, yeah. So like that was kind of like my bonding, you know, and like that's, I think that was a big thing for me that that i i didn't have as a kid and i think it's important for people to identify like you make a lot of shit up from like zero to eight about the world and yourself like and you don't even realize it you're just like a sponge and you're just like making stuff up and i think as a kid what i made up at that point in time was like like i needed connection with people i didn't have connection and like so i found that through like drinking and smoking pot and fucking you know just chilling and and just you know vibing with my friends like that was like my that was my like safe place, you know? And so long story short, you know, like, like that really started to pick up in like consistency. And then I started finding homies that were like down to, you know, find that relief and fucking, you know, party or whatever you want to call it. It wasn't really a party. My party ended like while I was in high school and I kept going for like another decade, <laughs> but you oh, know, yeah. like, you had that- the party going, man. <laughs> sure. But that was like, that was like how I connected with people, you know, and, 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 and it worked so well that 
I was like, I didn't see anything wrong with it. So when I turned like 17, um, and I was still in high school, the last few months I didn't even live at home. And as soon as I graduated, like I bounced, I went to Florida. I fucking started living with my cousin down there. Who's who happens to be gay. And, uh, he was like my closest thing to a brother I ever had, like as a kid, cause we were kind of close in age. He's like six years older than me, but like we were, you know, he was closest person in my family. And so living down there with him, you know, I was vibing. He's, he's older. So he's like partying and going out, sneaking me into bars and shit. And, you know, a few months in, I got a real job and I'm like doing the thing, trying to be like an, a young adult. And I, I remember I, I haven't always had this much facial hair, but I walked, I had a job and I love telling this story and it's, you guys will hear more about this as I, you kind of hear about my journey, but um, <laughs> I got a job at a restaurant and I had like a five o'clock, what I would call a five o'clock shadow. It was probably like four days of growth. Let's be real. I was 18, but you know, I walked into this job and I got it. I went through orientation. It was a waiter job on the beach at this sick little restaurant. And the, and I came into work and the guy's like, he's like, Hey man, you can't have facial hair at this restaurant. You have to go shave. And like, keep in mind, like I'm 18, like using a razor on my face wasn't even something I did, you know, like I buzz it if anything. So he sends me to the bathroom with like a single, single blade Bic razor and a fucking uh, hand, hand soap in the bathroom to shave. So you had to shave at work. Yeah. Like in the bathroom. Cause he told me I couldn't be on the floor. So I Damn. went, to the, so I went and did that and I came out and I looked like I got in a fight with like a fucking cat, you know, like I'm all <laughs> fucked up and I'm right, like, bro, I'm it's like, why can't you just finish your shift and then go home and then shave and then the fuck it was like a bougie restaurant like on the beach in fort lauderdale or in west palm beach bougie like fuck out of here you can't even wait like a few hours until my next shift the fuck yeah dude so then i come out and he's like oh he's like oh you're like all bleeding and cut up like you can't serve food like that and i'm like dude i was like fuck this job (laughs) right you just just fucking asked me to go in there with a fucking razor blade and shit (laughs) yeah so i just bounced i was like fuck Uh. this and plus keep in mind like going back to like who I was, like I was a little fucking like hothead, like, you know what I mean? Like I wasn't an, an asshole, but I certainly was, uh, I was a spoiled brat as a kid. And then I, now I'm like living on my own. So I'm like, fuck you, dude. Fuck you. I'm better than you. I had this, like, like I'm better than you complex, you uh-huh. know? Uh-huh. And so, so I fucking bounced and I was like, what the fuck am I going to do? You know? So I had some friend, a friend in Chicago that had, was a few years older than me. He, and he was stripping at like bachelorette parties and shit and making like hella hella money and i was just like and i went to one of the things he did like before i moved from chicago so i was like maybe i'll put like an ad up on craigslist i told my cousin i was like maybe i'll just like strip like i can just party and fucking do whatever i want to do so i was like fuck it so like i put an ad up for a male entertainer was like what i wish i had the fucking craigslist bro i wish you did too (laughs) (laughs) it's like that was like 19 emails ago you know i don't have those email right right i wish i did dude that'd be so legit but like i made a a male entertainer ad and like a couple days later somebody hits me up and they're like hey you know uh loved loved what your ad was would love to chat with you would you be interested in and in, you know in in uh they called it uh all male porn is what they called it instead of gay porn i was like all male porn so i'm like looking at this i'm like what the fuck and so i was talking to my cousin you know and he's like yeah dude that's he said like, skirt skirt what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, right he's like he's like that's for sure gay porn dude you know yeah. uh and so and so like, you know, I'm totally straight at this point. Like I haven't ever done anything with like with men. Like I've had no interest in doing it with anything with men. I mean, maybe like watch some porn with some buddies of mine, but that's like about it, you know, like not nothing, nothing like interactive wise. Right. But, but I'm all, I've always been so friendly with the gay community. You know, I had a, a trans friend growing up in my family 
that I was too young to understand that, that he was trans. And mm. so I just loved him for who he was. And then as I got older, I started to understand his lifestyle. So I've always respected that my cousin's gay. I had, you know, I literally in high school, I was James and then we had a gay James or J games is what we called him. My friend James, who was gay. So there was like J games and James, you know? So like, I've always had like that community I've been tight with, you know? Uh-huh. So I was like, fuck it, you know, like, let's go talk to these people. And like, so I went and met him and it was such a trip. Cause like, I don't know if this was planned, but the way they set it up, like when I went there, they were on set, there was like, it was at a, at a, like a, a gay clothing optional resort in Fort Lauderdale. So okay. I walk in there and it's, I mean, it's vibey. Like it's like really pretty, but all these guys are fucking like in good shape and like 75% of them were straight. You know, so I'm like, Shut up. so a lot of them were, so they were seeking out straight men to do that. Yeah. This. Because it's, it's like a one, it's like a fantasy. I think for a lot, I mean, for a lot of gay, it's same way with like guys with girls, you know, like guys. Oh, want, true. Like, That's true. Gay, actually. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think it's, it's not every, I don't want to stereotype that it's like every gay man's fantasy to like fuck a straight dude. Cause right. I don't think that's true. I think some gay men are just like, man, if you don't want to have sex with me because you're straight, like there's no prize or trophy for me by having you sleep with me. But I think some people it's like a, it's like the chase, you know? True. So, so like there's a lot of guys in there that were straight and like, I mean, some of the guys were showing me pictures of like their girls. I'm like, that's your girlfriend. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like you got this broken girlfriend and you're doing gay porn. Like, you know, some of them had kids and shit. So I was just, I was just tripping, you know, like it was like a whole new world for me. Right. But everybody there was super cool. And, um, you know, they kind of talked to me a little bit about like what it was like. And I t- talked to them. I was like, you could do this. And like, he was like, yeah, man, I just watched some straight porn. Just, you know, do the thing and whatever. So like get ready and, and go to, go to work, you know? And so mm-hmm. I kind of like left there thinking like, Hmm, I don't know. Let me think about it. You know? And so a few days went by, I talked to my cousin and I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, I, I don't know if I could, you know, like do this, you know? And he's like, dude, he's like, my cousin was like my biggest advocate, of course. Right. He's like, just fucking go for it. Who cares? You know? <laughs> and so I ended up going back and talking to them a second time at their condo just to like have a business meeting. And they were always super respectful, never tried to pull any shit on me or anything like that. They weren't like trying to like hook up with me. It's not that like casting couch bullshit or anything. They were super cool. Okay. Um, and, uh, then the dollar signs came up and that's when things started to change a little bit for me. Okay. You, you, saw, you were like, wait, I can make how much in wait, yeah. what? And so, yeah. And so that was, that was like the game changer for me. Cause well, like, fucking, how, fucking how much, how much like for like, say your first, like what was the first offer? Like just, yeah. Just, I guess, like, an estimate of, so like, the first, the first, yeah, the first scene, this is in 2000, probably like late 2007. Mm. Um, was they offer and I'm 18 years old. So keep in mind, like the most money I've ever had sitting in my bank account at one time was probably like a thousand dollars if I was lucky. You know what I mean? Right. Because like I was working minimum wage at like a fucking flower shop in high school or some right. shit. You know, right, like, right. Delivering yeah. pizzas, you know, and then yeah. find like 20 sacks of bud. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. <laughs> so um they told me for the first scene to do like a solo, which is like a just a jerk off scene, they were they were gonna pay me fifteen hundred. And then it was 2,500 for a fuck scene. So it was, it was wow. four G's. And that was like on the same weekend. They wanted me to shoot that shit on like Friday or whatever. And then on Sunday I was going to shoot or Saturday I was going to shoot the scene. So wow. like, they're like, we'll scratch you a $4,000 check. So I was like, in a weekend, I'm like, well, hold the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. I was like, you know what I mean? So for me, like, that was like, 
like, it wasn't just like dollar signs, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to minimize it. It was also like, yo, I just moved to Florida and I'm living with my cousin right? and I'm on my fucking own. There ain't no mommy or daddy taking care of me. There ain't no trust fund. You know what I mean? Like there ain't no fucking savings account. You know, I, I didn't even have a car. Like, you know what I mean? Like I was straight broke and living with my cousin. And so this was like my ticket to freedom. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so I fucking did it. And it was fucking, it was, it was fucking wild. You know what I mean? Like it was yeah. just super uncomfortable. Um, there was nothing fun about doing it. I'm not going to fucking play it off. Like I was like having a great time, but they were very reassuring and comforting. Like they were cool okay. with me. You know what I'm saying? So it wasn't like they were patient. You know, I couldn't stay hard for shit. Like it was like, I was just going to say James, like how, like you're a straight man. You've never done this before. You know, I've heard of in like porn, like they have fluffers or people that like, yeah, or something like that. Yeah. But like how, like, you know, like how, yeah. How did you stay hard? How did you like perform? Like, like, how does that work? Yeah. I mean, it was straight up like Vi- I mean, Viagra and okay. like watching straight porn and then going and doing my thing and like, you know, pumping it a few times and then going back and fucking getting it back up and then going, wow. I mean, it was like cut. That's and cut work. And cut. That's fucking yeah. work. And it's, and for some people it's like that. Oh, even if you're, I mean, some people are just with the camera, it's difficult. I mean, even yeah. for gay, for gay men. Right. So it's not crazy that I was. No, absolutely that, not. You know, yeah. but um, I mean, even, even straight men in the, in the, in the straight sex industry have, have issues keeping their dick hard. And it's, you know, it's, it's just, you're in, you got lights and fucking people telling you what position to do and where to look. And, you know, like you're going and, and you're like this, you know, like when, if you're at home and then they're like, no, you have to open up. So you're like, you know, you're like, <laughs> Like, so your leg isn't blocking your shit, you know, it's like, it's, it's like a fucking thing, you know, you're actually yeah. performing. It's not Ain't like no a, romance in that scenario. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, for real. Right. And so, right. And so, um, yeah, I, um, so I got through it. <laughs> it was fucking wild, but right. I got paid. And then that, I mean, we talk about a lot of this in, in like 12 step programs and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Like in your addiction, like there's this, like I arrived moment. You know, and like that was like when I fucking arrived, I was like, let's fucking go. Like I went out and I told my cousin, I "I got the eight ball tonight, dude. It's cool. You know, and like I got drinks tonight and like we went out and we partied, you know, and I was Mm -hmm. like, like for me now, I was like, fucking this is my life. You know what I mean? Like I can fucking do whatever the fuck I want to do. Nobody can tell me shit. And it wasn't like money has that much control over you when, especially if you're not disciplined, but like as a young boy, like living on my own, I mean, I was, yeah, like, you're you know? 18. So, yeah. Like, and so, so young. Yeah. Like, like they're fucking, I was fucking off, you know? And so yeah. they called me up to like, Hey, we want to do another one. I was like, let's go, you know, and want to do another one. Let's go. want to do another one. Let's go. And then I ended up getting introduced to an agent. Um, mm-hmm. And so I did, I started working with him. And so, while all this shit's going on, like I'm starting to get a fucking huge ego. And so he's like, I want to take you on. I want to start booking you like fucking contract gigs, all this stuff. So I was like, all right, like, let's go. So the, the company made me agree essentially if I was going to go, because they introduced me to him. If I was going to go work with them, I had to bottom for them first on camera. Wow. That's so your, now, that's your like ticket to going. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. So like, because they knew like if I went somewhere else, I was going to end up doing it. So like having this. Oh, got you. You guys, if you guys don't know what that means, it's basically like James was going to be, you know, I was going to be catching. You were catching. He was going to be taking <laughs> it in the booty. 
and for yeah. money. And that's what they wanted in order to let him go with these other people. So yeah. interesting. Like that was like, I guess, cause like they want to capture what, like your first time. Cause that's like yeah. thought after, right. Would you say or no? Like, oh, totally. Yeah. Especially yeah. in the industry. It's the same with women, like right. women do anal or, or, you know, even I think there was a point in time where like, this has changed a lot, obviously in the recent years, but like even biracial stuff, like if you were doing, um, you know, or not biracial, if you were doing, um, ebony like ivory yeah shit. what yeah. the fuck is it called i, I can't even fucking inter, interracial porn yeah. is what they called it yeah so like if you did a scene with like if i was like a white guy doing a scene with a black dude for the first time it was like oh shit you know like it was like a big deal i think that's desensitized a lot because the studios are you know they're not fucking stupid and they're, they're realizing like if you glamorize that as like a thing yeah you're 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 pretty much saying like this is not normal and right then they, they right like absolute it's like, idiots so yeah. normal i mean i'm a product of it so <laughs> you know, yeah, 100% like, right right it's like so fucking normal like but yeah. that's so interesting the mindset i mean come on like guys yeah, like i'm sure you guys all have indulged and watch porn you saw the you see the whole ads for like dad with stepdaughter or just like, oh, dude, that's one, like you know the biggest thing now is that yeah like fucking stepdad shit yeah right like, like incest porn was like a very sought after i think i don't know the statistics but like people google that sh- or like look up that a lot a lot yeah. a lot you know and yeah. so i guess in the sense it's the same thing with in the gay porn it's like you know man bottoms for the first time or sexy young guy bottom whatever fucks black whatever the fuck they're putting in there but it's very like ooh sought after so totally. okay so you did your first scene and then they said that you had to do this the scene you had to bottom with for yeah. them and um you went ahead and did that right yeah um now how did you feel after that moment of you know because that was your first ever experience doing that. And so, oh, 100%. Like, yeah. Right. So, like, was that process also very difficult? Did you have to, like, take breaks, you know, oh, get yeah. hard? Like, how did that? Yeah. Like, how did and who, so, the yeah, person that, you were with was really nice? So, how did that work out? Like, was so it, he kind of was nice, but you could tell, like, he was impatient too. Cause, like, oh. and I can, I, I could be honest with you. I mean, like, let's just put it all out there. You know, like, I'm, I was, I'm blessed, right? Like, I am endowed. <laughs> And so like I've had James got a big old, you know, (laughs) so I've had guys that I was working (laughs) with that like that I've had to do that. And it's like enough of a pain in the ass. Like you got Viagra in your body and all these fucking cameras It's and lights. It's super hot. You know, you're you're, you're trying to not eat a bunch of food before your shoot. So you look good and right. And you're like gassed and this guy's like, oh, hang on. And you're like, dude, what the fuck, man? Like, I want to get the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? Uh. Like how long? Cause you'll be on set sometimes taking photos or running through B roll and doing all this stuff for six fucking hours. Yeah. So how long, like a scene, say like one scene average, like how long will that really take? It depends on the studio. I mean, some places you can burn it out in like two or three, like if they're more of like a, and if you have chemistry with your partner, that's another thing too, you know, but I mean, some what is places, that? What did you say? If you, if you have like chemistry with your partner. Oh, chemistry. Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, cause like, even though, I mean, years in, right. I mean, I did this shit from fucking 18 to 26. Right. So like, you know, right. four or five years into my career, like I was so desensitized that like, I, and like, if a guy was attractive, I could like appreciate that he was attractive and like, I could stay aroused for most of my shoot, even though like, I'm not sexually charged to be with a man, like in my own time. Right. Like mm-hmm. I'm not like out and about and like, I want to go hook up with a dude today. Like, it's just not, it's not how my brain works. Yeah. But like, I'm, I, 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 I appreciate I appreciate men and their sexuality and I can also find a man attractive, but not be sexually attracted to them. If that makes any sense. 
Yeah, no, super interesting. Like, yeah. super interesting. Yeah, because it's like, yeah, I just realized, yeah, like you started at 18 and yeah, you were you were doing this till you were 26. So you were like in it, you know, for yeah. a long time. Um, and guys, so you never stated your stage name, but your stage, I don't know if it's changed, but when I looked you up, when I, you know, first got, when we first found <laughs> when, out about when everybody, games, in, when everybody in study hall was using pirates and tunnels to fucking search my porn at the no, graduating class before like, us. When we, when, 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 you know, when our high school people found out about James, you know, we, it, it was, your name was Tommy Defendi. And so yeah. we looked up Tommy Defendi and like, I'm not going to lie. It was wild to see you on the cameras see you on the big screen you know <laughs> sucking a dude's dick and all that i was like this is james fucking LaRusso. like i was fucking <laughs> kindergarten with him you know so but like and it's really interesting because like i've like i loved i love hearing your story because it just like also guys it's like he's gonna get down and dirty when it comes to like also like the glamours glamorization of the porn industry and like yeah there's a lot of real shit there's people behind you know obviously you know a lot of us, you know, we watch porn. I, I do. I'll admit yeah. it. I watch porn, you know? And, you know, a lot of that shit is, it's fake. It's fake as fuck, right? It's just, this is a job to these people. You know, you guys are doing this for a check. And, you know, and like you said, it's like people have these like fantasies and they like put up like these, like, they just kind of like visualize like the scenario. I mean, it's meant to look real so people yeah. can get off, right? So you're not seeing the takes that you have to stop get hard, do what you got to do, or, yeah. okay, switch your angle. The director's telling you to do this and do that. It's like, it's so not sexy. Yeah. Um, it reminded and some me of, and some of it is right. So like, that's mm -hmm. the interesting part about the business is that like, there's parts of it that are just so uh, mechanical. Right. Okay. And then there's other parts of the business. Like, like that's kind of what's taking a turn with like only fans and Pornhub running the people, people running their own Pornhubs and shit uh -huh. is like, I have friends that like, they love what they do that are still in the business. And I'm like, and, 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 they, and they're, and they're having sex. They're like, I get to have sex with like awesome hot people every fucking day in my house and record that shit and fucking make 10 grand a month, 15 grand a month or whatever, doing what I'm doing. Some people, I mean, I know people on OnlyFans are making like a hundred grand a month. Oh my like, God. On OnlyFans. Guys, I'm fucked you know? up. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just oh like, my God. Did y'all hear that? All that money? The fuck? I mean, it's, it's, yeah, I, I, it's hard hearing it because I'm over here, you know, fucking. Yeah, we're over here struggling real. to fucking hear it. All these people make money. I mean, like, hey, do. But my thing is, like, do what you got to do. Like, I support sex workers all fucking day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and the more control you have over your own fucking body and autonomy, like, go for it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Go for it. But, uh, you know, it's 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 nice to hear it coming from you because you were you have experienced that. You know, you've experienced yeah. the industry. And like, the thing is, you did get pretty big. Like, you would go to the. Um, the porn award. I don't know the name. What were the, That's like where I met my wife. <laughs> what was that? That's where I met my wife. Did I tell yeah. you that story? Yes, you did. Yeah. So yeah. he, what he, what is it? What is the award? Called, called the grabbies. The, the grabbies. So he, he yeah. actually like Tommy Defendi was asked to go to the grabbies and you said you met your wife. So your wife actually was in the industry too. And, and you guys met that way. Correct. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's so we met, you know, kind of, accidentally right like we she wasn't in the same industry as me obviously like the same right, side of the right, industry right, right. um but she was dating somebody that was there and uh that's kind of how we ended up meeting so and we ended up living it was in chicago but we both lived like a, a mile like i think i lived like three miles away from her in la we were like you know one town over or whatever yeah so it's kind of a trip um 
but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of been wild. Like, cause like, that's like for, and I'm not going to dive into her story too much because that's her story and it's not for right, me to tell right. her, but you know, her, her experience of the industry was a lot different than mine. You know, I think the, the part that made it, the part that made it difficult for me, aside from set my drug addiction aside, right. For just one second, the part that went, that was difficult for me is every day I was kind of going against what was true and authentic to me as a sexual being. Right. And when you do something like that, you, you are, you are voluntarily traumatizing yourself. Right. And so, Mm -hmm. so like, that's kind of what ended up becoming kind of an issue for me is, is, is like, I was voluntarily traumatizing myself sexually on a day-to-day basis. And the porn was part of it. But then when I started getting into like escorting and I wasn't sober and I'm in these like really grungy, dirty, fucking just unemotionally healthy settings, shit gets weird. You know, like, I mean, I, I've spent time with fucking some super sketchy fucking people just because they were paying me five, six, seven, eight hundred dollars an hour. You know, so it's like it's it gets it gets it gets dark you know what i mean and like that's what ended up happening with the with the addiction coming back into the picture was like i'm getting high and doing drugs and fucking going and partying with dudes and getting paid by the hour and fucking doing all this weird shit you know flying to oh i'm gonna fly to new york and just hang out with some guy i never met before for a night because he's gonna pay me five grand and it's like you know what i mean like it's just it's it's uh it's sketchy you know what i mean it's super sketchy and i think that that's part of you know um the hard part for me was like one, I was doing something with my body that I wasn't really on a, on a, on an authentic level. Okay. With, but I was doing it because the price was right. You know, so I was selling my soul to the devil every day. Um, now my experience of friends and and people that I have in the industry that I'm tight with is like, that's not their experience. They, they're cool with that and, and they're okay with that. And I, at first I had a huge resentment that was really difficult for me to accept that. And there's people I'm super close to that. I was like, like it just hasn't caught up with you yet. You know what I mean? Like I was, I was like fucking like con- convinced that like they were eventually going to feel the way that I felt. And it was like my duty to like save them, you know, and, and mm. doing a lot of personal development work over the last like three or four years. Like I've really started to come to terms with the fact that like, that's not the case for everybody. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and, and for some people it might be, and, may, and maybe they just have to figure it out on their own, but that's not for me to fucking say, right. but I think that it's important regardless of your true intention and if it's okay with you on an authentic level or not that you are safe and protected through that space and you have resources you know like that's a big issue that i find to be in this industry is that like there's no resources for people there's no mental you know there's no mental health support there's like you know people don't care if you're fucking doing drugs or alcohol and if it gets Uh too bad they just they just won't book you anymore because you're too much of a hassle. You know right. what I mean? It just, there's no, cause you're an independent contractor. So it's like, you right. don't have like a union, you don't have, you know, healthcare, you don't have any of the things that you should have considering the, the scale of the business. It's not like it's a small business. It's a billion dollar business. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So, you know, most people aren't making fucking royalties. They're, you know, you go on a camera. Right. You shoot, you That's die, true. You know? Yeah. It's yeah. not like, cause it's like, People could look up your stuff that you did years ago and you're not going to get money for that, right? They are. I'm not, <laughs> you know, that's so cool. Oh, so the company is, yeah, hell but yeah. you're not, that's crazy. No. That, yeah. That is like, you're, 
Because it's like, you know, in, in the editing world, if you, you know, you're, if you're in the union, you're SAG. And if you have residual checks coming in from like old shows you've done, yeah, you get, you're still getting those money, the money. But yeah, you're right for like porn. It's like, I never thought of it that way. But yeah, totally. And I guess in a sense, that's why it's so nice that there's OnlyFans, you know, because they're able to monetize and make money for themselves yeah. and control it more so. Yeah, it sucks um, for the producers, but it's great for the for the product or for the content creators, you know. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, it's kind of like switched a little bit, right? Because you're like you said, like you know, you know, people are still making money off you, and you're not fucking making the money, which is trash, you know. So, yeah. um, so okay, so you did mention that you went into escorting. Like you said, you started uh, you started um, performing when you were 18. When? How long? And when did you go into like escorting? Like. Um, probably like a year or so in. Okay, um, so it was meeting people. So it like, went hand in hand a little bit. When I just were... started to realize that that was how a lot of people were making a lot of money, right? Yeah, I I'm bang, I'm banging shoots out for like, um, you know, it's like the best way, the best comparison I can make is like, uh, like professional athletes. Like, okay. they, you know, you get a contract, right? Like, so I was on a contract. I had two scenes a month. They pay me like, let's just say, uh, like twenty five hundred dollars a scene. So I was making five G's a month you know, for six months or a year. And then like, you know, as a, a professional athlete, you get like endorsements and sponsorship and all this ah. other shit. Right. So like, that's kind of like where they make even more money than what their contract is. Right. So that's kind of right. what the escorting to porn is like, you use porn as your platform to like build your name up. And now, now my rate just keeps going up because I'm more in demand, right? Like people want mm. to spend time with me because they're watching my videos and they're, they're like fantasizing about me. And, oh, okay. and so now like people are like, you know, cause anybody can escort it. Right. Like, I mean, yeah. fucking anybody can, you can just go put an ad up on a fucking escorting site somewhere and just escort, but like your rate is going to be what your rate is now. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're a porn star, your hourly goes up because you're more sought after. You're, a, you're, a, you know, a higher caliber, if you will. You know, and that's I mean? where your agent comes in and will negotiate your prices and stuff for you, right? So my agent didn't fuck with my escorting stuff. I just managed all that stuff on my own. Okay. He, okay. he only managed my porn stuff or like live gigs, like dancing gigs at, at okay. nightclubs. But he was like able that. to give you more money because based off of like he's he could negotiate your rate. Well, yeah. Or try to get more. Yeah, that just kind of worked out because I was building a name for myself. He really helped me manage my career and kind of grow me into like... You were doing it yourself. Like you were... Because I was like a boy when I started. So then he started, he's like, stop shaving your chest, fucking put on some weight, do this, do that. So like he helped me like transition from being this like what guy would get in the gay community called like a twinkie kind of boy, right? Mm -hmm. Like guys, I was skinny. I was like a buck 65, buck 60, like super thin. And then I started like... You are tall, James. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So like I was like, I'm 6'1", like 160, 165. And then I started putting on weight. And then like, so I got up to like 185. So I was like this like more like muscular kind of hairy chested dude. So he helped me like grow my brand, right? And Uh like, Uh and then as that grew, I started getting plugged into some more, you know, extracurricular activities, I guess you could say (laughs) with with the escorting. And I got super plugged in with like uh, a company that's no longer around because the the feds actually shut it down called Rent Boy. Ah, the feds shut it down? Yeah. I was out of focus for a second. I was trying to get myself back. Yeah. (laughs) We want to see, we want to see your face. Show us your face. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So like they, you know, so I just started getting really plugged in with all these different ways to make money, you know? So I'm, I got five, six, seven, eight K coming in a month from shooting porn. And then I'm like fucking over here, you know, doing live events every month or two months. And then I'm fucking escorting on the side, you know, so I was making a shit ton of money, but I was also, I mean, there were, I remember there's times like where 
I'd say like four, four weeks would go by and like, I'm like paying my rent for the second time and I haven't even been home. You know what I mean? Right. Cause you're always on the go. You're like taking, yeah. booking gigs and doing, yeah. yeah so okay. It's like set up a tour. Like I'd fucking fly to Florida for like a week and shoot and do like a, like a nightlife gig and then fly up to New York and shoot two or three scenes in a week and then fly to fucking Chicago for an event and then fly down to Texas to dance at a nightclub, then come home mm. and then like do all my fucking laundry, put it right back in my fucking suitcase and I'm off or like shoot wow. a scene, in L- shoot a scene in LA and then, and then bounce. And right. that's why I liked contracts because I would just sign contracts and I'd just go to San Francisco, shoot two fucking scenes, boom, done for the month. I'll see you guys in 30 days. You know what I mean? And like, Oh, cause those were paid more, the contracts. Yeah. And okay. it was just, and it was solid and consistent. So that's why, and that's, I think that's why I lasted so long. People burn out in the sex industry in like two, three years. I was in it for eight and I could have kept going if, if I wasn't such a fucking train wreck by the end of it. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. my addiction is why I couldn't stay. I couldn't, I mean, right. I didn't want to do it anymore, but like right. my addiction is really what kind of crumbled me, you know? And that's, this is a perfect segue. Cause like you did mention your addiction. So, so yeah, guys, so James, got into the industry, um, you know, was in porn. And you, as you said, as you said prior, you know, to do these scenes, cause you're not, you know, you're, you know, you're doing gay porn, but you're not actually gay. You have to like get yourself in the moon and the mindset to do it. So you found yourself going into this, like this path of like drugs and like, it got, it got to the point where you got into like harsher drugs and like, yeah. weren't you like addicted to like crystal meth and things like that. So like, how did that go about? Like, yeah, yeah, your journey when it came to like your, you know, your addiction. Yeah. So when I first got, so when I was 18, like I first got in, right. And, and, and I was already a drug addict, you know, um, but I was, I was functioning, you know what I mean? I was good. Like I can handle my shit. Um, but then when we're I was a functioning like, alcoholic is what they would say or no, is that like, yeah. a word or like I mean, I was doing Coke and drinking and smoking weed and like fucking doing my thing. Right. But I was cool. And then, and then when I started getting more into the business, I started meeting other people who were doing some more serious shit. And I got, I started doing crystal meth and I burned the fuck out in like three or four months. So when I was like 18 or 19, I went to treatment. So that was the okay. first time I went to treatment, but, but my misconception was that it was crystal meth. That was the problem because I was okay before that. Oh, you know? I see. Crystal meth is what like took me to my knees. So I, I got out of treatment and I just didn't do crystal meth, but I got right back into smoking pot and drinking and okay. one thing led to the next. And I was like doing Coke and ecstasy and fucking all that shit for like four or five years four years, five years until I was 24. So okay. I was doing all that shit while I was in the midst of my career and growing. I was still partying my ass off. I was having a blast, you know what I mean? Having a good time, like, you know, on top of the world, whatever the fuck you want to call it, because I was able to manage that shit. You know what I mean? Right. But, but for those of you who have ever struggled with addiction or know anybody who struggled with addiction, there, there comes a time and a place where it catches up with you. And, and that's kind of what ended up happening with me. So, you know, I went through a couple of really horseshit relationships, super unhealthy, just like the most emotionally and sexually and physically unhealthy relationships you could possibly imagine. I mean, my, my career. And then of course I, t- I picked the most top notch women in my, in my addiction until the last one. I don't know what the hell she was thinking, but the first two were just absolute disasters. Um, were they and, also in the industry too? The, your prior in, girlfriends? in ways. Yeah. You know, they were, but they were just, they had their own set of unique issues that just, you know, drugs were a big part of both of their stories. Um, abuse 
growing mm. up both a big part of uh, one of my one of one of the girls I was dating grew up in a very uh, like cultish religious type of family stop it yeah so oh, like wow. so like she just had a whole fucking slew of issues um you know and I was a fixer so I was always trying to fucking fix ah. people When's your yeah. birthday? When's your birthday? June, I'm a cancer, June 30th. You're a fucking cancer? <laughs> yeah. Wait, dude. June, end of June? Yeah, June 30th. June so I'm like, 30th. Yeah, okay. I'm like at the beginning of cancer. You know, my man's a, my man's a cancer too. Oh, is he? Yeah. That's dope. yeah. My sister's a cancer. Her me, man's a me cancer. Me and your dude need to connect. We obviously got a lot in yeah, common. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. I didn't know you were a cancer. I'm like, wow. Aw, so James, you're super sensitive. You're like... Oh, yeah. Yeah, like cancers are like you guys can't. I mean, I know cancers because you know I'm surrounded by cancers. So, yeah, cancers are like super. Sen- I have such a you know a soft spot for cancers. I'm a Taurus though. I'm a stubborn bull. But um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that you were a cancer. Oh, so yeah, you were like. But then, like, it, okay, this is all making sense. Sorry, guys, and like going in my little like astrology brain right now. So I'm trying. <laughs> I'm like trying to like think out like how you've been feeling, like because like. Yeah. And like some cancers can be really empathetic, like, like can be yeah. empaths and like pick up like on people's energy and take it and like take it with them. So it, it makes yeah. sense why all these scenes and it's just like the, the amount of like stress and the amount of like, I mean, your tra- travel guys is great. Fantastic. I love it so much, but it also can be very fucking exhausting if you're doing it all the time. You yeah. know, it's like, there's a, there is a, you know, Ty- like it's tiring you know you're all you're living out of your suitcase like i've done it you know like it's just it's very exhilarating it's very freeing but then there's also like this exhausting side to it too well there's like the no roots feeling too like you know right have like a home base which is a bit like i remember when i used to travel girl like i would literally go to hotels and I'd unpack my luggage into the drawers and like hang my clothes up and shit just Aww, because it was, like, you would do that because like even if i was only there for like two or three days like just because yeah. it like fucking made me feel like Oh my gosh, like I have like a space, you know, like right. shit's, shit's where it's supposed to be. You know what right. I mean? Right. Yeah, because yeah. you're home. You said you'd be paying rent and you'd never be there. Yeah. And so you just be in fucking on LA. <laughs> yeah. So like $2,200 for a fucking one bedroom and I'm never there. Oh man, you should have just made your home base someplace like fucking cheap as fuck. And then just, you know what I mean? Like the fuck? Like you're never there. But yeah, no, I mean, it's, yeah, it's wild because it's like, well, did you ever go, like, did you ever have, like, escorting? Like, did you ever take you, like, internationally? Did you ever go, mm-hmm. like, outside? Yeah, where'd you go? Yeah, so um, I went to, so I did, I mean, I did scenes and escorting overseas. So um, a couple of the things that I did were um, in London. So London was, like, the first place I went. Uh, and then I did Spain. And then, Ooh, uh, Spain. which was sick, yeah. Love Spain. And then I did. Uh, well, I bet they loved you in Spain. I bet they loved you. <laughs> I'm actually half, well, not half. Like, I'm part Spanish, so. So it was kind of really. Cool. Oh, you know yeah. what? Okay. My mom's my yes. mom's side has Spanish in them. So okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so it was kind of cool. Like, I mean, I don't know like Spanish, so I was definitely like a fucking stupid <laughs> like you know American. Boy no, but like it, I remember in Barcelona, like they just like everything's very like it's just it's a very not I won't say superficial. Like shout out to all the Barcelona people or the Spanish people out there, but like it was very like they're pretty like they were all very super pretty yeah everybody's like, gorgeous yeah yeah gorgeous people and like fit and like light skin and so like i could just see you being like a hit out there because like oh yeah that's what was like the ish out there when i was there 
Totally. Like the lighter, the prettier, the more fit you are, the like the better it is for you out there. <laughs> That's just what was my experience when I was backpacking there. But um, I'm sure yeah. you're, you know. But that, okay, Pretty so tight. Barcelona, London, where else? Where else? Um, I did Prague, which was super tight. Because I actually. What did you do in Prague though? Because I hear Prague's a little like it's it's like got a huge like like uh what do you call it? It's like a, got a, a huge like sex market scene in there like or no yeah guess. for sure i mean i didn't spend too much time in prague i spent like two nights in prague uh-huh. like when i first got there but then we actually i we were in a castle like an hour outside of prague okay and we, we shot a scene or we shot a whole movie in a, in okay. a castle but there's this company called bellamy it's b-e-l-a-m-i um and it's all these czech guys like czechoslovakian dudes and it, it's disgusting. These fucking guys are perfect. I mean, like, <laughs> like, per, like, per, like, if you want to feel insecure as a man, like, fucking hang out with these dudes. They're, I mean, just, just perfect, perfect bone structure in their face, perfect bodies, huge dicks, like everything. And I'm just like, what the fuck is this shit, you know? <laughs> like, so we, we did a movie. Really? Really, yeah. Prague? Really? Yeah. yeah. So we did a movie with these dudes, and it was like in a castle. And it was just next level. And it, but it wasn't like your, like, not like it wasn't castle, like fucking game of Thrones castle shit. You know what I mean? It was like, like, it was like a very modest castle, but it was more of like an art gallery kind of feel uh-huh. and vibe in there. It was like all concrete walls, concrete floors, like very minimalist, yeah. like it, like, uh, like in the ground bathtubs, you know what I mean? Like they were, it was, everything was just concrete with like wood yeah. furniture, which is, so it was very rustic. And right. there was like really beautiful gardens that we shot in outside and like barns and shit. It was fucking dope. Well, but, I, I was gonna say like Prague, I've been to Prague. So like Prague is a very old town. Like it's just yeah. like very, it's like you go there, you, it's like you stepped in fucking like, you stepped in like a time machine, right? Yeah. And so when you're saying, ca- I know people were like castle, like that sounds lit as fuck. But when, when you're in that city where literally everywhere around you is like a histor- is a history book, it doesn't yeah. seem like a big deal. But like, yeah, in a sense, like you are in a castle. It's because literally like you walk around the streets and everything's cobblestone and just like so old and historic there. It's, it's trippy. It's fucking yeah, dope. It's and like yeah. the countryside's really beautiful. Um, yeah. It's just a trip when you go out there and you're like, no, I got called like three days before the shoot. And they're like, hey, somebody dropped out. We need you to come out here. Would you be down? I'm like, fucking. I was like literally like at one of my like fucking fuck buddies houses, like twisting the pipe. And they're like, can you be out here in three days? I'm like, sure. <laughs> you know, I was like, I better go to sleep right now. You know? So like I fucking, I like crashed, like party the rest of the day crashed. And then I was like detoxing the whole week while I was there in Prague. So it was a grind. Cause I was just trying to, it's easy to get pot and grot in Prague. So I was like, just trying to like smoke weed all week to like stay right. Cause I was so sick. Cause like I had been partying. Like I was at that point, my, my addiction, I was back on crystal meth. So, okay. Okay. So like I was fucking just. Hurting. How did you take? I'm sorry, I'm really ignorant. How did you take crystal meth? Like how? What I is smoked that? it. You smoke it? Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's how I did it. Other people that's, do it other ways, but you can do it other ways. Yeah, you could. I mean, I snorted it sometimes, but most people. Oh, okay. I mean, I would say the common user probably smokes or snorts it, but people are IV users with that shit too. I. What does that mean? Like intravenous. Like they'll shoot it. They'll shoot it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I was just like I. I wasn't sure whether that was a drug you could shoot up or not? Cause I'm stupid. I'm so, I'm so there's really not many drugs. You can't, 
You just have to prepare okay. it properly. Got you. Got Thank you. God that my, my addiction never got there. I was too much of a pussy to be honest. Okay. So, so you only smoked it and like snorted it. You never yeah. got to the point where you were like shooting up. I don't know if I would have came back from that. Right. It's know? tough. So is it because of the process? It's just like more addicting if you do it that way or it just hits, it just hits you different. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Hits you harder. Yeah. Okay. So, but yeah. yeah, so I mean, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, that was like the, that was one of the sad things about getting out of the business was like, I had so much opportunity and so many amazing things that I did that I just was never really present for. Like, even when like, I mean, I remember like I've been in some of the dopest apartments you'll ever see or hotel rooms you'll ever see with like tricks, right? Like with like Johns and stuff. I bet. But the whole time I'm there, I'm just like, Oh God, I don't want to be with your nasty, cringy ass, you know? So it's like, <laughs> So like it was right. Like, you can't even take hard. it in. You can't even enjoy. <laughs> yeah. Like oh my god, I'm, I'm like I'm in this beautiful fucking place. Like I'm in a yeah. castle, but yeah. I can't enjoy. You know that's so, so interesting. Yeah, it's, it's, it's it was weird. But then there's also I mean, this is the fucking weird like dichotomy of of the sex industry. Is like there are so many times too though. Like like my business partner right now that I'm working on something with was a former client of mine. So it's like. I'm super tight with him. He's like a good, he's like a good dude. He's got a huge heart and he's, and he's, a, he always saw me for me and respected me. Right. So like, Aww. but then there's like the other side of it where it's like, you're just a dick with legs or you're just, you know, right, like right. you're just like this thing that I masturbate to and I, I can have you cause I have the money. So I want you. And when you're, mm-hmm. when you're in the position like me, I, and like I said, this is different for other people, but my, my story is, is like, like I was in such a fucking like, dark place in my life that like I I couldn't like I couldn't fucking process what was going on emotionally right so like I just would get loaded and get through it you know and Mm -hmm. so I was in such a level of self-hatred with myself most of the time total lack of self-worth and self-love that it just caused like a lot of toxicity in like almost everything that I did you know what I mean because it was like it's like anything in life. I mean, I don't care if you work at a fucking grocery store, if you don't love yourself, like you're going to be a miserable fuck while you're at work. You know what I mean? And so when you're there and it's like, I have to turn it on and be like, you're acting. acting. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, and it was, it was just like, yeah, you're acting and acting can be exhausting. I know it's fucking, I mean, obviously yours is in a whole different Avenue, but like, yeah, acting fucking exhausting. Like yeah. when you're like customer, like you're a fucking customer. So hi, how are you? Like, da, da, da. like you don't give a fuck about them. <laughs> you just want to do your job good, make them feel good so they can leave there and leave a good review. Right. Yeah. So in a sense, it's like, yeah, but imagine like throwing, you know, drug and alcohol abuse in there, throwing, you know, the fact that you're like sexuality could be very, if it's not done in a way where you're happy with, and it's not, you know, in a sense of like, if you feel, you know, like you're being violated or whatever the fuck, it could be very traumatized. Like you said, like if you're putting in yourself yeah. in this position all the time over and over and then adding drugs and alcohol, it could be, yeah, fucking exhausting. I can just can't yeah, even imagine. 100%. Yeah, well, I think I that's what kind of got me to where I was in my career, but it was also like my demise, right? Like right. drugs and alcohol, like were what it were, were what helped me get through all this stuff. But it's also, it was also the result of every bad thing that happened to me. Like any right. case of abuse that I did suffer, which I never really dealt with on camera. I had one, one issue with a client before, but like, I, I just put myself in a lot of very toxic, vulnerable situations, you know, cause like a, with the porn and escorting career comes, you know, fame and fucking attention from all the right and wrong people and so like i just found myself in a lot of really shitty positions you know and so um 
you know, like as I, as I progressed through my disease, like, and my, my addiction, like that was what ended up, you know, rearing its head and fucking totally knocking me out. Cause I was like, Hey, I need to get sober, but I can't get sober and stay in porn and I can't stay in porn and get sober. Like I just, yeah, I, I can't, or I can't stay here and keep getting high and I, I can't keep getting high and I, I don't know what to do. So it was like, I had to cut both those things out of my life. And, you know, I always say this, but like drugs and alcohol were like my first love. Like, I know it sounds crazy, yeah. but like legit, they made me feel that warm sensation that you get, like when you hug your loved one or mm-hmm. whatever it is, that was the, I was chasing that the whole time I was loaded to mm. feel that way. And I was finding new ways to achieve it. And I was letting go of the only job I ever had. I mean, the last right. job I had before porn was in fucking high school when I worked at like Pottery Barn or some shit at like Oak Brook Mall. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that was like the <laughs> yes. last job Okay, I had. Oak Brook Mall. Come on, Oak Brook Mall. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's huge. It's like, yeah, if you put it in perspective like that, it's like, damn. Like, yeah, it's yeah. so fucking real, you know? Would you be able, would you share like, like, an, like, because you said you had lots of clients, you had lots of like, you know, escorting clients or whatever. What is something that you would like to share with us? Like something skeezy. You said you did a lot of skeezy shit. So like, what's something that a client wanted you to do or do to them that was like wild to you? And you're like, oh God, let me just get this money that you huh. will share. That's a good question. I know. Right. I'm sure you're <laughs> like, let me, let me go to my Rolodex in my head of shit, which out yeah. without bringing up triggers, of course, you know, no, I mean, it's, you can't trigger me. That's impossible. Um, mm-hmm good waking up in the morning and breathing is a trigger girl so i mean um okay (laughs) shit i don't even know i mean i guess because the cool thing about doing this is you have full control right like i mean i can be like absolutely not fuck yourself um i mean i think like the weirdest thing that i ever got were like people who were like into like piss play like water sports and shit like that's probably about the weirdest it got for me because that's the thing is like they wanted what they saw on camera and what they saw on camera was like a dominant top. You know what I mean? Like oh, that's what you. they saw. Okay. Yeah. So that's why they hired me. They were just okay. dudes who wanted me to. So like, luckily, actually, I know I have one. It just, <laughs> it just popped up. <laughs> I had this dude. I don't know his name, but apparently he dated. Um, wow. What the fuck is my name? Famous gay news anchor, white hair, Oh my god, that one dude. Yes. Uh um Anderson, right? Anderson, yeah. Yeah, what what's his name? Wow. Y'all know who we're talking about. Yeah, whatever, right? Yeah, CNN. Go on. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Apparently that was this is like his, this was like a guy that he dated. That's what he said. Dude was fucking out of his mind high. So I don't know if it's uh-huh. true. Allegedly, guys, allegedly. Yeah. Don't come for <laughs> us. <laughs> don't sue me. <laughs> don't sue James. <laughs> but he so dude fucking he hires me, tells me to bring shit. So I bring a bunch of crystal with me. And he was like, Hey, I'm going to shoot it. I was like, I don't want to see that shit. Like, I don't want you like watching people shoot shit in front of me. A fucking that shit does trigger me. Like watching somebody put a dealer. That's why I think I never got into it. Cause I was just uh, like, fuck that. Uh, um, but he, he, so he's like, all right, I'm going to go to the room, whatever. So he came, he went and did that and he came back in the room and he like first just wanted to like lay there while it hit him. But then as soon as it hit him, he like made me lay him down on the floor and put my foot on his face. And then he told me, <laughs> 
he just the whole time I was there, he just had me put my foot on like his face, his neck, and call him like a, a bitch or whatever. And then he wanted me to he 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 instructed me to tell him to tell me his bank account information. <laughs> so, so yeah. So I was just like, what's your fucking bank and like what's your bank number? And then he's like like saying it out loud. I'm like, what's your pin number? And he's just like he's like, just rob me, take all my money. Like it was like this okay. This like this like okay. very weird. So he wanted you, he was like a like, pay pay or I've heard of this, like where like they want, like they call pay pigs or like um yeah pay call, pigs or something yeah, yeah. where they like so, they like fi- they like to be financially dominated yeah and like it was the most ridiculous thing ever though for me because it's just like I'm like you could literally pay me to come over here and do anything you want and that's what yeah you want. but dead ass that's what they want yeah. they want like to be humiliated and mind you like you know this is just like from what I've heard in like podcasts sex podcasts that I listened to too because it's like. There was this like one guy that all he wanted to do was like jack off while the girl was just saying shit like mean shit to him like you're put your piece of shit and oh yeah you know, and then he would just be like you know like and then she, he would find like she would find him like you send me a hundred dollars right now and he's like okay yes <laughs> I will do it and then like would just do that and it would get him off and I'm like what? that don't sound hard to me I mean I'm just kidding <laughs> but I mean yeah that's like I guess it's like whatever is your thing right um, yeah. Okay, so then he just wanted to so, just like you to yeah. step on him and then just say, just be fi- I think financially yeah. founding him. But but let's let's go back to like, I am not by definition of the word like sexually dominant. Like in, in a, to a certain degree, like I am right. Like I'm like I could like get a little like rowdy, but mm-hmm. like I'm like I'm not like. I married a, like a woman who is dominant. Uh, so you're not a dom. Like you're not. No, not like okay. naturally, you know? Okay. So, and I'm not even like, I just, I'm not aggressive in that sense. Like if I'm pissed off at somebody, yeah. You know what I mean? But like okay. for me to, so for me to like turn it on there, it was like the most awkward thing. Cause <laughs> I was like going against everything. Plus I'm high as fuck. So I'm just right. like, doing all good. I'm like, ah, this is so inconvenient right now. <laughs> you know? Like, I was like, I don't want to do this. Like, what is happening? Yeah. So, yeah, that was probably like the weirdest. I mean, I had like, I had like weird people, you know what I mean? I mean, everybody's kind of, I mean, there's nothing. Right. We're not going to kink shame. Everyone's into their own yeah. thing, but it's like, uh, it's a little weird, uh, abnormal to yeah. societal yeah. views or whatever. So that was fuck, like the so. most like abnormal thing, I guess you could say that people had me do. But like, I mean, like I said, most of the shit I had to do or was asked of me to do was normal. Like it's not, it wasn't outside of like, it wasn't outside of like your normal sexual encounter. Right. And, and okay. to be honest with you, most of the people were actually probably more vanilla because it was just like, I wasn't like a, I was like a prize for them. Like mm. it was like, it was like, it was like a big deal because I was, I mean like, and not to toot my fucking horn or anything, but like I had made a pretty big name for myself. So like for me to be in the room and for you to have my hour, your hour of time with me, yeah. it was like, they just wanted me there. I mean, I had people that hired me just to hang out with them, like straight companions. I, yeah. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. this is someone they admire. They've been like watching you, like been fantasizing, like being with you and then to finally have you. Yeah, I'm sure it was just like a matter of just being like, just like, I just want to know the person. Like, I mean, that ass, if I could ever be in the room with Rihanna, I would do the same thing. You know what I'm saying? I would be like, just, just, how are you? Like, can we smoke <laughs> weed together? Like, you know what I mean? Just because like, yeah, in a sense, like you're idolizing these people. You're idolizing these people that you've watched on TV all the time. And then finally to have them there, 
that like that's enough is that true like like some people like that was enough for them right oh yeah and i think you know the it's interesting watching because like i've gotten into a lot of emotional intelligence and personal development work since i've stepped out of the industry and um it's interesting looking at psychology and like how the human brain works i mean there's you know the avn awards are held in vegas every year right which is like the delvide network you know what was that it's the avn the the, the avns like the adult video network awards Uh or whatever so they you know people fly from all over the world to go to las vegas to go to the expo to have a photo signed by the person that they jerk off to right you know to me it's like you i get it and it's just like it just goes to show you like how powerful the human mind is and yeah and, and how how connected to our genitalia our mind is because it's so powerful to the point where you're like I fantasize about this person and I and they're like they're just such a huge part of my life that I'm gonna fly you know six thousand miles to go from Germany or whatever to to Vegas for a weekend to hopefully see them so they could sign a photo or like take a photo with them or and I'm like dude you I mean you're just jerking off this this person online, and it's it's mm-hmm. it's it's interesting how invested we get into that, and it's just goes to show you one how essential your sexuality is in your life, and how important it is to have a healthy sexual like have healthy sexuality, which I am the furthest thing fucking from. I'll be honest with you, that is still something I'm very much so trying to figure out because my experiences didn't provide me with a healthy sex life you know like right. it's, it's tra- i mean traumatizing would be i would use that word lightly because i don't want people to think that like things happen to me but i put myself in situations that were not aligned with my core values right or what i truly wanted and i was just doing it because it was like the money and the attention essentially right right and so um so that was so, part of it you know so then but, like so then now you know you've been with your wife now for how many years Eight. We're going on eight. Eight years. And then yeah. you're saying this is something that you're still battling. So it's like, you know, do you, do you find it difficult sometimes to like be intimate with your wife? Like, how does that work? Like, yeah. So it, sexual, no. Intimate, yes. Um, oh, so, that is, oh, you said a word there. Wow. Yeah. That was super so, deep. Say that one more yeah. time, please. Say that one more time. <laughs> I said sexual, <laughs> yes. Or sexual uh, is, is difficult. Or, se- now I'm trying to say it. And I'm fucking it up, yo. <laughs> I put you on the spot, like, all I right, because right? it was good. You said sexual, yeah, sexual yes. Sec- so sexual, yes, intimate, no. I do, no, I yeah. do struggle with that, and wow. And, so, and the wow. reason is, is because if you look at the the word intimacy, right, like into mm-hmm. me, you see, right, and it's like if you're not okay with you, and and having being intimate with somebody, letting them see into you, and being authentic and vulnerable and, and transparent with them is difficult. And so, mm-hmm. my wife and I have gone through a fuck ton of shit. Right? It's like my addiction and like you know fucking me being in the industry, me trying to yank her out of the industry, her not being ready to leave the industry, her having a totally different experience of the industry than me, me projecting mm-hmm. my my experience of the industry on her. Like right, and it, it was a crazy bunch of shit. Um, and I don't know if you've ever dealt with a crystal meth addict, uh, like kicking fucking crystal meth, uh, and trying to stay sober for stints at a time. It's not fun. And I was not a fun person to be around. Um, so, you know, we just, we built up a lot of bad habits and a lot of defense mechanisms. And then, you know, all of the stuff that kind of came along with me from the industry and then me like turning the power off on her experience of the business, 
um, it was kind of made it like, I kind of made like an ultimatum. It's like me or the business. And like, she slowly worked her way out of it. And mm. and that was a big way of her expressing herself because she is bisexual. And, and like, that was a way that she explored her sexuality and became confident in her body and, and made choices for herself. And, and she wasn't like, Oh fuck, I need a sack of dope. So I better go see this client tonight. Like that, that was my experience, not hers. Uh-huh, you know uh-huh. I mean? and so, oh, that's interesting. Wow. Yeah. yeah so okay. we had a lot of uh, issues there. So sexual, sexually, it's like, it's easy, you know, like, Hey, let's fuck or let's have sex or let, like, let me please you or let you please me, whatever it is. But the intimacy part is hard, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm not a big cuddler. Like, I'm just You're not. a cancer. You're not a cuddler. Which is weird, right? Yeah, I feel like cancer's like, well, maybe not all cancers, but I don't know. But like, but like, so this is like the, the baseline of my trauma. Like, it's easy for me to cuddle like with my dog. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. but we, because there's no like. It's, a, it's no an animal. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But like with my wife or, you know, if it, I mean, I don't really, I wouldn't really cuddle with anybody else, but it was just like, I used to have to like, I used to have like people used to want me to cuddle with them after a session, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, like laying there, like cringing, like fucking touching me. Wow. You know? It's just yeah. like, and I, I remember imagine. Like points yeah. of my career where I was too much of a bitch to be like, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to go like, pull myself up by my bootstraps and find a new job. Like I was too victimized to, to make a decision for myself. And I just kept doing what I was doing and just really scarring myself. Yeah. Like th- I think a lot of those instances really, really fucked me up, you know, and my, and my expectation, you know, I used to be able to get whatever I want, wherever I wanted it. And like, that doesn't work in relationship, <laughs> you know, it really doesn't. <laughs> yeah. So, you Compromise know, this is key. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I, I never had a healthy relationship prior to being out of the sex industry or prior to being in the sex industry. Cause I was like in high school, you know, so I, I never had, uh, you know, a healthy emotional life. I never, you know, I never did any of these things. I never lived. I never been in a relationship sober. I, I so everything when I got wow. out of the business and That's... got sober was, was all new to me. It was the first time I've ever done it. And sometimes I forget that shit. Yeah. And sometimes I forget that, that five years really isn't that fucking long, you know, like it is, but I was in the business for eight. You know, right. and before that I was in fucking high school, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah. like sometimes it's hard for me. I get to like really remind myself, like, dude, take it fucking easy on yourself. Be yeah, compassionate. Give yourself grace for yeah, sure. So, well, yeah, what, what, what was it, James? Like, what was the rock bottom moment where you were like, I got to get out of this. Like, I can't do this yeah. anymore. Like, do you remember, was there a specific moment or like a, yeah. an, an event or something like, you know, like, so, so I tried to get sober multiple times on my own and I do it for like a few days or like I do it for like a week. And then I like, I'd only be smoking pot or like drinking wine with my girl and like just normal shit, you know? But then I always like found myself back in my dude's house. I could get in an argument with her or like, I'd be like in my shit and I just always find my way back in my dope dealer's house. So this kind of happened, like, I don't know. I want to say I seriously started in December of 2013 and I got sober in October, 2000. Oh no, December, 2014. I got sober in, in October of 2015. So like almost a full year of this, like, Okay. In and out, in and out shit. And um, well, was this also with the industry as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I so retired. Kinda, in, okay. Yeah. I retired in June of 2015. So like four months before I got sober. So. Okay. So you retired, you retired porn first. 
then you retired being, and then, and then you, um, the, got sober. You, so got sober. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. But I was still, I was trying to get sober before I got out of porn. That's why I made the decision. Like, I was like, I have to get out of this because I'd go see a client and they'd be getting high and they'd be like, Hey, you want to fucking smoke? I'm like, yeah, fucking whatever. Right. Or, or like I'd go shoot and then I'd, I'd feel like a certain way about everything going on and I wanted like relief. So I'd go get loaded, you know? So it just, right. it wasn't working. Um, so Plus, I looked like shit. <laughs> so people started to catch on. Like, like, if you saw what I looked like, it was horrible. Really? Um, it took a toll on you, huh? Oh, yeah. I kicked my ass. Mm. Um, like, I'm 225 right now. Probably 225, 230. I was like a buck 70. Oh, so imagine you like, lost weight. You oh, lost like a lot 50, of weight. I was like 55 pounds lighter than I am right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was nasty. Wow. Like, I was like shriveled up concrete colored skin just gross looking you know uh-huh. but um yeah in june i fucking made the decision i was like i'm done so i set up like my last movie and my last scenes flew to new york got to new york got loaded every fucking day stayed up the whole fucking week i was shooting i was going to the bathroom and like taking hits off the pipe and then going back to the set you know what i mean like i was just it was a disaster so I was all fucked up. And plus, I'm taking dick pills every day, which are not good for your fucking heart, right? Oh, so I'm like yeah. taking fucking that and I'm twacked out and I'm doing GHB and fucking all this other shit on top of it. And so after the three scenes, I ended up in a hotel room and I I had a client and I just canceled them because I was having like a fucking full-blown anxiety attack, like freaking out. Um, Ash and I broke up um, over the phone. And you know, I told her that I had been like, you know, doing some scandalous shit. Like, I think I was like, like on a webcam with girls or something. Cause I was just so sexually charged and distraught and fucked up. Like I was like webcamming with people. And like, I told her and she was in, fuck was she's like, she was like some crazy country, like Singapore or like, like she was like, or Budapest or something. She was like fucking nowhere near home. And like this mm. all happened and I'm in New York. And so I ended up having like a fucking full blown panic attack. I remember like I wanted to kill myself, but the window in the fucking hotel only opened like an inch and I was like stressed wow. out about that. And so I called a friend of mine and like, I was like, dude, I need you to come to, like take care of me. I think I'm going to die. You know? And so he came over and like, I ended up finally falling asleep. I slept for like 14 hours or whatever, woke up and then I had to fly to New Hampshire to shoot my last scene. And so I like, wow. that was, that was like, I was like, so I went there, I shot my last scene. I smoked a bunch of weed while I was there to like take care of myself <laughs> And it's sad, dude. There's fucking pictures of me from that movie. And like, you can just see like in my eyes, like, like lifelessness, like it was sad, it was super terrible. And so after that, that was my last one. And I went home and like for the next four months that I just ping ponged, like I was just back and forth and back and forth. And I just couldn't fucking, I was like, what am I going to do? Like, how am I going to make money? Like I had, you know, and I was being totally taken care of by my girl at that point. She was fully taking care of me. And, um, I fucking like, finally, like, I just, I was sitting on the couch and I was just like, like, I need help. I don't know what to do. And like, she Mm -hmm. recommended that I, she's like, why don't you try going back to treatment? Cause I went to treatment eight years ago, like I said, and when I was 18. So I was like, at this point, like I just didn't, I was like, fuck it. And I met, this is the kind of the wild tail end of my story is, is we got in a huge fight because I was just emotionally unstable. We got in a huge fight. I went to my dealer's house, got high there's some dude sleeping on his fucking couch. I'm like, what's this fucking Joker's problem? <laughs> you know, like talk, talking shit. And he's like, dude, that guy's been here for like two weeks. You know, like I told him to get the fuck out of here. He's like, he just, he needed a place to stay. I was like, you want me to take him with me? He's like, really? And I was like, yeah, dude. So I 
I ended up staying there that night and I woke up the next morning and he was there. I was like, yo, I was like, you staying here, you come with me. And the guy's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I was like, I know you kind of overstayed your welcome. I'm just saying like, I'm going to go get a fucking hotel room if you want to come with me. He's like, all right. And so he like asked the dope dealer, he's like, is it safe to go with this guy? And the guy's like, dude, you're cool, bro. He's a good guy. Like go with them. So we ended up leaving and I told this dude, I was like, Hey man, listen, like I'm, I'm done. I had like a tiny little bit of like, keep me like, you know, like keep me from getting sick sack is essentially what it was. Right. Like just a tiny little bit of dope just to like kind of keep myself from feeling like shit. And I was like, once this is gone, dude, I'm done. And so I ended up not even doing all of it. And I like pitched it because I had been sober for like two weeks at that point and then got in a fight and went out, got loaded, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was like, I'm fucking done after this. I'm starting over again. Ash and I are, you know, we're done everything. I'm just starting over again, you know? And, um, and that dude took me to my first AA meeting. Oh, really? Yeah. So, so I fucking went to a 12 step meeting and, uh, he had some time previous in the program and gotten sober and he brought me to a fucking AA meeting and, and I sat down with the dude and a fucking, like, I sat down in a meeting of, and, and it resonated with me. Like I, I, I heard people like, it was weird. Like, I'm not saying like I was comfortable, but like, I like something made sense. And so I went to another one and then I went to like more of like a narcotics dependency type of program and sat a few of those meetings. And, and like, then I was like, kind of like feeling good. Like I had like a week sober and I just remember I had like a, like an emotional breakdown one day. And I was like, because I felt like I was sitting on my hands, like trying to not get loaded. And, uh, I was like, dude, I need help, you know? And, and, and Ash at that point, it's, you know, she was, she couldn't let go of me, dude. Cause she was like, so fucking invested in me and loved me. She so loved much, you, know? you. Yeah. So like, she, she was, you. she was helping me out a little bit, but mm-hmm. she's like, go to treatment. And I was just like, fuck it. And then the homie, his name's uh, Charles. I fucking love this dude. Still he's sober, love him to death. We're super tight. And he's like, go to the spot. It changed my life. And so I checked in and fucking, she paid for me seven G's cash for a month wow. and, and I fucking went to treatment and I've been sober ever since. So like, it's just, yeah. And that's like where like all the healing started. And like, I mean, I had so much resentment toward the sex industry and gay people and fucking all this stuff, you know, at that point and, and thank God for 12 step programs and, and God and work and all the things I've been doing because it's like, you know, I want people to feel like they can do whatever they want to do. I don't want to be like an anti-porn activist. That's definitely not my intention. Like I'm, I'm very pro sex and pro sex worker and I support them and what they're doing, but I don't want anybody to ever have to fucking, I, I don't advise people getting into the business if they have a drug addiction. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't advise people getting but into business. But then at business. the same time, it's like, you don't, how do you know? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's not like you went into it knowing that you had it and then Right. Well, yeah, totally, Difficult. totally. Yeah. It, 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 and it's probably a problem that will never get like resolved, but I want right. to try to to help as many people as I can. And so it's like, if you've suffered some major trauma, like rape or assault or fucking sexual abuse, or like, you know, whatever it is, like some people feel like that's the answer. And, and maybe it does work for some people. I don't know, but I just see so many people that come in with, with abuse or addiction issues mm-hmm. or pasts and in the, in the industry just chews them up and it spits them out worse than they were when they came in. And it's fucking right. shitty, you know, it's super sad. But then I also see some people who become very empowered, you know, and, yeah. and find, and find themselves. And so, um, you know, I just want people, if you're going to do something like that, just make sure that you have something or someone that you can rely upon to like work through your shit. And like, that's what my intention is, is I'm stepping into my new ventures and it's not like exclusive to the sex industry or addiction, but like, I just really want to have a space where people can realize that like the pain that they've experienced in their life doesn't necessarily need to 
drive them uh, into the ground as much as it can be what elevates them to the next level in their life. Like let your pain be your purpose. You know what I mean? And, and, and sometimes turning that pain into purpose is a very tricky and difficult thing to do. But if you can do that, like you can see like the people who've like, you know, who were sex trafficked and then they start these huge foundations to stop sex trafficking yeah. or, you know, yeah. like women who were put down as kids and now they're like leaders in, in the, in the world and, and, and support other women being leaders and, or whatever the, their story is like taking their pain and turning it into purpose. It's like the most beautiful thing, you know? So that's, that's like the trajectory I'm on now. It's like, I'm not letting all that shit happen to me in vain. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, that's right. Cause it's like, I mean, James, like you just starting, I mean, just being here with us, you know, like just sharing your story with, you know, the Kimboology listeners, like, and me, it's like huge. Cause it's like, I'm sure people are going to like, people out there are going to relate to you. And in general, like maybe they might not have the exact same history yeah. that you did, but everything you're saying, I think can be also relatable in a sense we can re- correlate it with something in our lives where maybe we're not feeling, you know, completely fulfilled or we do have alcohol or abuse or addiction too in our lives or whatever have you, you know? And I think that it's amazing that you're still here with us to share that story. A lot of people don't make it too. You're right. I was going to say, I'm like, James, like eight years of this shit. Like, this is wild. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just so happy that you're here with us to share the story. And yeah, you have a lot of good you can do now because you experienced it firsthand and you you know, you can share your path of like, of getting in and then getting out and then being sober now. And it's just like amazing to hear. So yeah. I really fucking appreciate you being so transparent. Like, of course, yeah. So tra- I know thing- this was, guys, I know this is like a very heavy episode <laughs> because it's just so much, like, it's like he has an amazing story I had to share with you guys. Like I had to, um, but you are gonna, you, you know, this is Kimboology and I want to share you know, we want to, you know, have a little fun too, obviously. So um, he's going to join us for the next segment. Uh, we're just going to take a quick break and then James will join us in the next segment. So we'll be right back. And we'll be right back after these detailed messages. So James just went through and shared an amazing story. Thank you again for that. We really appreciate it. Um, I'm sure we'll, I'm like, that was just a tidbit. So I'm sure we'll have you back on and everything. Cause like you have just so much <laughs> Yeah, knowledge like we can talk about. I can tell you the whole story. <laughs> I know. <laughs> eight years, guys. There's a lot to share. So we only have a little time. So, I mean, but um, I want to go into the next segment, which is Meditate, Masturbate, Meditate. Um, what do you choose to talk about, James, in our segment? I'm going to talk about the one thing that's changed my life more than anything out of those three. <laughs> and it's meditation <laughs> yeah meditation <laughs> you're like hmm, what do i choose okay meditation fucking amazing what is your meditation practices like what do you do now to like meditate? yeah so so my thing with meditation i mean so it's for those who participate in 12-step programs and stuff it's highly recommended and suggested to meditate right and so for me like meditation can look a bunch of different ways um and sometimes it's like literally just pausing and giving myself like 30 seconds in the middle of my day and sometimes it's like actually like sitting down and really like diving into something deep but what i if there's one piece of advice that i can offer about meditation i'm totally hijacking this for my wife but it's the most like (laughs) it's the most incredible definition because some people like they talk about meditation and and everybody's like 
how the fuck do you do that? You know what I mean? Especially right. if you're like a busy mind person. Um, Dude, it's not easy. No. It's really not. And it's that it's hard to not critique yourself while you're meditating. Right. There's no right way to meditate, right? Like that's the most important thing to know is there's no right way to, or wrong way to meditate, should I say. Mm-hmm. Um, you can meditate however you meditate. And if your mind is racing while you're meditating, that's because you haven't meditated. <laughs> you know, like. Oh my that's, God. Amen. That's a big part of it, right? You haven't calmness of mind hasn't been a state that your body is used to being into. Um, But the analogy that my wife uses for meditation that has always supported me is like, and I I always use this with new dudes that are getting sober that are like, what the fuck was meditation? Like, how do I do this thing? (laughs) Is, Is you imagine like you're driving down a road, right? And so like, if you were driving down a road, and you're, you know, you're cruising and you got a destination or maybe you're just taking a ride, whatever the case is, you're cruising down the road, you know, as you're driving down the road, like you're passing tons of things. Most of the things we pass when we're driving, if we're on like a highway, for instance, would be signs. So let's just imagine we're on like a country highway and we're driving. When you're moving down the road, you wouldn't see a sign, slam on your brakes, pull over, get out, look at the sign, read the sign ask why the sign's green and why they put it here and what it means and all the things, right? So when you're meditating and you're moving down the road in your mind of meditation and a thought comes up, it doesn't mean that you're supposed to slam on your brakes in your fucking meditation, pull over, look at the thought, examine the thought, ask why the thought came from, from that, you know, is there, why, why does it look this way, feel this way? What's the fucking issue? Why is this here? <laughs> you know, you just, you just keep driving down the road. You know what I mean? Right. So it's the same concept. And, and for me, that helps because I, I, you know, I've had so many things happen as you've heard from the previous segment in my life that, <clears throat> that, uh, things that come up, it's easy for me to like, want to stop and look at it and analyze it and digest it and figure it out. And, and that's what I'm doing all day through my actions that don't serve me. If I don't meditate is I'm attaching perception and, and, um, Pre, uh, previous experience in my current circumstances. Mm-hmm. And so that's what's not working for me. So when I can move through a meditation and just see a thought, accept the thought, let a thought go, that's like really, and even if that same thought keeps circling back around, yeah, that's okay. Just keep releasing it. And then you'd learn to not be so attached like and like holding on to the things that aren't serving you in your life. So yeah, meditation is like a hundred percent. I mean, you know, because my, my thing was, was masturbate and medicate for the longest time. And right. there was a point, right. It serves a purpose, excuse me. And it's a great tool. Um, but meditate for me was the thing that wasn't in there. And I love that you use those three M's because really like, I think medicating is amazing. If you don't have an addiction and you can do it in a, in a way that, that works for you, like fucking, yeah, absolutely. Like give yourself medicine. And for me, medicine looks different, right. For me, like my medicine isn't in a herbal, in a herbal sense, like it used to be. And, you know, I say I've lost my privilege to smoke marijuana, um, unfortunately, <laughs> but, um, I know, and I was like, thinking like, oh my God, what am I going to send James as a gift to being on the show? I'm like, fuck, everything that I want to send you is like, not going to help you. <laughs> I'm like, it's going to be triggering and shit. I'm like, fuck, I'm going to have to figure this shit out. Don't worry. I'll, I would rock a shirt like that all day. It's all good. Yes. Okay. I got you. I got you. <laughs> it's all good. Um, but yeah, like meditation, just, it it was like that missing tool, right? Like there was that thing that was missing in my life. And I mean, I'm all about like fucking getting one out and masturbating and, you know, 
being in relationship with your body while you're doing those things. But I think it all starts with meditation because it doesn't matter if you're, if you're, you know, masturbating or you're medicating or any of those things, if you're not right with you and you're not right in your mind and you're not, um, whole with yourself, anything that you do is not going to work. You know what I mean? And so I think like, that's, I love that meditate is first in your, in your little, um, slogan because it's such a powerful thing. You know what I mean? It's such, it's such a powerful thing and it's such a powerful tool that it goes underutilized. You know, I don't know anybody in my life that regularly meditates that isn't doing all right. You true. Know what I mean? Right. True. Regardless true. of circumstance, you know? Right. So. Right. And it's like so fucking real what you said about how, you know, you, you would, you would, you know, meet guys that were trying to sober up and then you'd be like, they're like meditate. What the fuck is that? You know, how do I do that? It's like for people that, Okay, like it might sound so simple to do, right? Just sitting there, quieting the mind, just sitting there and relaxing and just like maybe your form, like everybody's form is different, right? You can sit, you can stand, you can lay down, you can listen to like a tone or rushing water or fire cracking or crackling or whatever the fuck to calm it. But like you're, but if you're not dealing with, like if your mind will continue to race, right? Like, and that's something that, oh my God, like when I know, when I know that I needed to, like I need to meditate and it's been a while is when I can't, fucking like I'm just like erratic and I can't calm down and like everything fucking bothers me you know like I'm like on edge all the time and so I'm like all right bitch it's been a while you need to go fucking meditate because even I- when you sit down and meditate you're like I don't want to fucking do this bullshit yes <laughs> yes I had that I had that moment the other day like I was like finding it so hard to sit down and meditate and I was like that and like and, and when I know when I feel that way that's when I know I really need to fucking meditate and like meditate longer or like meditate every day, go through a meditation where I'm like, all right, I need to put aside 10 minutes every day, just sit there, fucking quiet my mind because it is so powerful along with like breathing exercises. Have you ever done like um, breath work, James? Yeah. 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 Breath work too is so powerful. Like I have several friends of mine that are into breath work and teach breath work and it's just so powerful too. Like when I studied Tantra too, we did a lot of breath work and it was like super like, powerful like I just like felt this like ease of the mind that like doesn't come easy at the fuck all at all like we as people as human beings have so many things going through our heads right we gotta fucking pay the bills we gotta feed the dog the cat gotta pay you know go to school to work have sex with our partners like we gotta like do so much and like make sure we're making everybody happy see our friends talk to our family members you know so that just is so hard to like turn off when you're meditating for me at least I feel that way so for me it's like a matter of like consistency and then also just like giving myself I think it's like a gift too like I feel like it's a gift if I can just give myself 10 minutes of it because like honestly that's like people are super busy like and it's like you know hmm, do I want to like sit alone and like listen to this fucking rushing water for 10 minutes or do I want to watch WandaVision like you know what I mean like it's like people like would rather go watch WandaVision you know they don't want to fucking do that you know because it stimulates like endorphins in your body like you get a dopamine hit from like you know from like jerking off right like if you're gonna masturbate you get like a dopamine hit which is great and it's and I think it's also great to be in relationship with your body and sexual stimulation self sexual stimulation like being in relationship with you but if you're doing it as like a like as like a band-aid for something it doesn't work right like that's why i think it's it's so powerful to start with meditation like you're saying like to me like that's where it's all at because if you're if you can give to yourself at that level then you can receive the gifts of all the other things you do, whether it's masturbate, medicate or whatever else it is right like you can actually be open to receiving and i think when you 
giving to myself is like the hardest thing to do because when I, in order for me to give to myself, I have to find myself to be worthy of giving to myself, you know? And and if you have a worthiness conversation as deep as mine's rooted, you know, that could be challenging, you know? So, um, it's a, yeah, it's, it's a big thing. I mean, it's, it's underneath a bunch of stories and conversations that I have with myself. Of course, I'm never going to fucking, it's not easy to like look at yourself and be like, you're not worthy, but like the undertone of my fucking existence and the way that I show up for myself, those actions say to myself that I don't think that I'm worthy. You know what I mean? And so that's uh, sitting down and meditating and giving yourself that time. And especially in the beginning of the day and the end of the day is so huge because like you go to sleep with all that shit on your mind, you wake up with all that shit on your mind, you don't do anything about it. That shit compounds like hardcore, you know? Oh my God. You said a word. Yeah. Thousand percent agree with you. Well, I mean, like, first of all, James, thank you. Because, like, I think that your your story is super inspiring, super informative. Like, I've learned a lot just talking to you these couple times that we've chatted. Um, and just, like, your perspective on life, too. I mean, my like I said, we're, like, in our 30s. Like, it's just, like, we have a whole life to fucking live. But I feel like, you know, you've just lived a huge amount of it and experienced so much in that eight years Mm. and it's made you who you are and I appreciate you sharing that part of you with us because that's so special um you know like guys I'm telling you like I would have never reached out to James and been like can you share your fucking like story because like I you know what I mean like I never would have thought like he slid in my dms and was like hey I would love (laughs) to share my story I was like really? (laughs) I was just like shocked and like so pleased. And it kind of almost like um, reassured me that I'm in alignment with what I'm supposed to do too, because I was like, oh, look at all these like beautiful souls coming to me. Like, and, and like, we're all the collective mind, you know what I mean? Like we're all on this journey. Right. And when you came to me and you said that, I was just like, so happy. And I was just (laughs) like, this is amazing that this, this person from a past life, that I like, you know, you know, I don't think about you every day. And it's like, you know what I mean? It's just like some, like, you're like, you're just like a person I went to like school with when we were young kids. And like, I've known, I've known of your story, like, you know, guys, like I've actually worked with, um, uh, James's aunt. Like, oh, shit, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause I actually worked at a salon, like when I was in college and just so happened to, you know, work with your aunt. And then she told me, she's like, yeah, my nephew's James. I was like, what? Like, I was just like, <laughs> really? And then, uh, yeah, she went. And then when she told me, you know, your story, like, I think, I think this was, this was long ago. This was when I was like, I don't know. I think I was like 20 years old. So like, no, maybe like 21 or something. Like, I, don't, I forgot. So like, you were like deep in it in a sense, you yeah. know, but I think you were still like, she told me you were going through like, you were going through your journeys of sobriety and then like, you know, you were, you know what I mean? So like, cause there yeah. was times where I remember she would tell me like, she was like, Oh my God, like, like, yeah, he's doing really good. Like I'm very proud of him. And I was like, Oh my God, that's great. Like we would just yeah. check in and hear like every, every so often. And then like, as life gone on and stuff, like we were, you know, friends on social media and we would check in, but I had no idea like the work you put in and like, just like your, just your storyline. And when you reached out to me, I was like elated. I was so happy. I was like, I cannot fucking wait for, <laughs> for me and James to fucking chat on Kimbology because I feel like this is going to be so amazing. I feel like everyone's going to be like, this is an amazing story. They're going to totally relate with you and just appreciate you just sharing your story. So I just want to say thank you so much. Appreciate yeah, absolutely. And I actually picked a quote, um, for you and for just like the topic in the self because I felt, I don't know, I, I resonated with this, 
Um, and I thought it would be nice to like talk about. So yeah, so here's the quote of the day, guys. Um, what freedom men and women could have were they not constantly tricked and trapped and enslaved and tortured by their sexuality? The only drawback in that freedom is that without it, one would not be a human, one would be a monster. And that is by John Steinbeck from East of Eden. Damn. Yeah, no, this, right? <laughs> Drop the mic. Drop the mic. <laughs> like, I just like was like, yeah, like I felt like that really resonated with just like your journey and just like everything we talked about. So I was just like, let me, let me, let me say that quote. I love doing the quote of the day. I sometimes forget. I forgot last week. Um, sorry, Kareem. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. And at this time, guys, like, so yeah, James, he's got a whole like, like, I want you to share your, like, share anything you want, handles. Follow him, guys. He's amazing. Like, he's got lots of, like, amazing things in store. I think even a podcast to himself. So yes. at this time, James, share with us. Like, what? Yeah. how can we thank follow you. you? How can we find um, you? Yeah, thank you. So one thing I wanted to say, too, when you were telling me about how cool it was to hear my story, it was actually very selfishly also interesting to hear about my story from the third-person perspective. Because, ah. Ah. like, there's nobody that I talked to from high school. Like, maybe... I reconnect with like one or two people occasionally. So like, yeah. it's been very cool to hear like <laughs> what went down when James LaRusso yeah. got found out. <laughs> I, listen, my home, my homegirl Evelyn, she called me up like, girl, did you hear? And I was like, what? I literally didn't believe it. And then when I looked up, you, I looked up Tommy Defendi, I was like, skirt, skirt, like, okay. But I mean, it was Too never funny. in like, I never, I mean, like you guys, James was like, for this is my perspective. James was like the jockey white boy that what like I don't you weren't prom you weren't prom were you prom king or queen or I was maybe like homecoming something or yeah that. you were like he was like homecoming king whatever he's just like this good looking white boy you know what I'm saying tall all the girls loved him you know what I'm saying me I was just there like I kind of like I wasn't like super popular I wasn't like a nerd I just was there I feel like I was just there you know um and like yeah I just was like this was just like the the jockey white boy that all the girls wanted to be with is now doing porn. I was just like, and gay porn at that. I was just like, this <laughs> yeah. is a wild gotcha, ass motherfucking story. <laughs> I was like, yo, this shit is for the birds. Like, I can't wait to fucking hear this shit. But yeah, no, I, but I appreciate your, like, cause everybody has a story, right? And you're yeah. real people. And yeah. yeah, James, like I cut you off again, but yeah, no, tell us cool. where we can find yeah. you. Um, yeah, so right now I'd say the best way to get a hold of me is probably I am LaRusso. So it's I A M L A R U S S O on Instagram. But kind of that I would say that's the best place right now because I got a bunch of big shit that I'm working on. So I'm writing a book and I'm uh releasing the first season of my podcast. So pretty much uh taking each segment of my experience and breaking it down um into a full season of a podcast. So that shit's gonna be coming out. Uh, I'm not going to drop the name yet because it's not trademark. So we're going to just... Yes. But yeah, it's, uh, I'm in the process of working on it. And it's like I said earlier, my business partner is actually a former client of mine. So it's like this really unique kind of uh, experience that like he's part of it with me. You know, it's... it's I'm really hoping to like take the normalcy um, 
or put some normalcy into like what happened. Right. And take the, the abstract craziness out of it and just be like, yo, two fucking human beings going through life connected in the craziest way. And boom, like here we are. Right. So it's all about turning pain into purpose. That's what the whole podcast is about. That's what the whole fucking book is about. Um, and you know, my intention is really to transform the world, uh, and to be a big stage speaker and, and continue to get my word out there and, and just continue to, to love on and help people. So, so you can expect that. And you know, the next six months, uh, I'm hoping, probably in the next three or four i'll be live on the podcast and the book should be published and, and out shortly after that so that's amazing you guys heard it this motherfucker's writing a book he's gonna have a podcast i can't wait to listen i'm a huge oh. podcaster and i love fucking podcasts so i'm gonna i cannot wait to like listen every uh, or however you're gonna release it um you said you're gonna release all of season one at once or no so we're gonna release it one episode at a time but i'm, gotcha. shooting, okay. I'm shooting the whole thing at one time so oh, but you're shooting oh interesting. yeah we're, okay. we're, we're recording it yeah it says we're doing okay. it on location so i'm having guests come in and i'm okay. just knocking it all out in like one week yeah so That's and then be... and then afterwards i'll be doing like continuous episodes but like okay. get the first the, to really give everybody like the story like my story like pulling the curtain back we're doing it like that. And then I'll have, you know, filler episodes and extra credit or extra credit, <laughs> extra, extra credit. Y'all yeah, need some extra, extra credit. credit y'all. Okay. <laughs> cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. excited to hear. Okay. So we don't know the name yet, but whenever that is announced, I will post it on yeah, you, so you guys you can follow. Stuff. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to put all the like show in the show notes. I'm going to put all his, his information. If you guys want to reach out, um, follow him on Instagram, follow his journey. Um, yeah. Like I, can't wait for that like i can't wait for your book that's like so amazing james like thank you that is huge i know for me i hate i hate writing uh i find it really hard uh but i always wanted to write a book too and i just like but i just like how do you how do you write a book when you don't like to write like i'm like i'm like so straight up on the same way and my business partner is a publisher and an okay author, and like i wrote a bunch of shit and sent it over to him and he's like what the fuck do you mean you don't like writing? You're a really eloquent writer. Like, this is really good. And I think when you write about shit, like, you, we associate writing with, like, okay, you're going to do your fucking paper on, you know, uh, fucking, what is it, of mice and men. Or right. Whatever, Where's your work you know? cited page? Oh, yeah, my exactly. God. The yeah, ghetto. so I think it's it's a lot different, you know, as you move into doing something that, like, you're authentically passionate about that's, like, True. you. So I, because I, it just kind of poured out of me and, you know, I even used like a voice dictate for a lot of it See, that, where I just kind of talked at my that's, computer. That I feel like would be more, what would resonate with me more because I'm like, I don't physically, the whole writing process, I get super, I start things and I never finish it because I get tired of that shit. But the dictation, I think that will be, I mean, I do a podcast, so I feel like that would be really like, you know, correlate with with that. So that's great. Okay. So yeah. that that makes me just excited. vomit all over your computer and then let somebody else clean that shit up for you. Vomit. You know? I'm going to vomit the shit. Because I mean, like, yeah, guys, it's like, you know, if you have a story to tell, if you have, and the thing is like, I feel like with you, James, like you have a positive, like you're, you're coming to everybody with this positivity and like wanting to help people. And that's where I came to from starting Kimboology. It was ne never like a meant, me like it was always just to like form a community where we can have great discussions and talk about, and then like help people. Right. And inform people about sustainability and sex and meditation and ma you know, masturbation, all that fun stuff. But yeah, I feel like yours is going to be super, super like powerful because you have such an intense journey um, that you've gone through and you're continuing to go through. So, yeah, I can't wait for that. So I'll keep you guys posted. Um, 
And of course, I'm going to put all his handles on here. It's going to be in the visuals, guys, so you can see uh, our pretty beautiful faces and his beard face, his sexy beard face. <laughs> He's giving me very, like, you went from, like, a twink to now you're, like, what, like, between an otter and a bear or what? Yeah, yeah you, have your, you have your, like, your, 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 your gay community, like, uh, scaled down very well. I like that. Right? Right. Yeah. Well, I mean... Because most people would have said the most people would have said cub, but then you said otter, and I was like, "Wow, I'm impressed," you know, like right, right. Well, <laughs> shout out to my gay homies that I have had throughout the years. Like I, you know, I'm in the community myself, but you know, yeah, I definitely feel like I'm like you were like because when you first started, I'm like, yeah, twink, yeah. But the thing is, like, you were very tall. Isn't twinks usually like really sh- like really small and petite too? Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. So, but you were still considered a twink. That's interesting because you were very tall. Yeah, I guess I was just. I was a skinny little white boy. (laughs) But now you've blossomed into this water bear man. Into this sober (laughs) dad bod dude. (laughs) (laughs) Tune into James, you know, doing like dad, 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 what dad bod porn on his, on his like OnlyFans. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Well, this was fun. I really appreciate you joining us again. And guys, as always, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Uh, shout me out, reach out to me on Instagram, Kimbology Podcast. Uh, send me my, send me questions, um, KimboologyPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, watch us on, on YouTube because this is going to be on YouTube, of course. You can see all the behind the scenes. Uh, I usually add all fun like photos and things like that. So if James will allow me, I'll add photos of him too. Um, we should find pictures of us from like elementary school. Dude, I think I will. Because I, I think I might have the ones, where, where, you know, our classes. Like our school classes? Ones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I think I even might have the orchestra one. Hell oh, yeah. yeah. I'm going to take you back, bro. I'm going to take you back. Because I think I have them somewhere. I'm going to try to find them. So, yeah, for sure. But, yeah, guys, uh, this was fun. This was fun. And I Yo, appreciate it. wait like 18 years to do it again. You know what I'm saying? I know. No, no, no. I want to have you back on definitely. And then obviously, you know, podcast, we'll both be podcasters. So, you yeah. know, hopefully I could be on your podcast. That'd be fun. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I would love that. I would really love that. So, um, so yeah, thanks guys, as always for listening to Kimbology and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Say bye, James. Bye guys. Thank you. Kimbo out. Brought to you by the Rick Dog Network. (laughs) Well, shoot the damn dog.